Welcome to another edition of Banter and Babble. I am the Dude 79, and joining me always, my esteemed colleague, Mr. Fanboy Tone. Mr. Fanboy Tone, what's going on, buddy? Not a whole lot. We're halfway through the week. We're halfway through the week. A short work week, mind you. Yes, it was. Because as of now, you're no longer in the shitty retail world. You had Monday off. True. Hey, oh, congratulations. Hey, oh. Half Ass Beer Review, thank you so much for those bits, buddy. We appreciate you. Make Love sure you, you check him out on YouTube. Half Ass Beer Review, the best beer reviews on YouTube. The best. They're the really, end. really good. How many mm-hmm. sips? Uh, well, that's a little drink. Drink? Big drink. Big drink. Very important. There you go. That's how you do it. Uh, Tone, we are still, I feel like we're still recovering from a very busy, blurry 4th of July weekend. Oh, yeah. Now, as somebody with your first time having three days off for 4th of July weekend, I believe you did it correctly. You just got shit-faced. I was drunk. <laughs> the whole time. Usually about midday through the evening till I stopped. I drank a lot this weekend. I drank a lot, but you have a good time? Yeah, it was all right. We didn't really have any plans with the heat and everything. Ugh, and like, honestly, miserable. yeah. And I think I feel like there are some things that just due to the pandemic and how you adjusted last year. Mm-hmm. Like, I know your group of friends, you know, you guys have adjusted back to norm. But I, I feel like some of my circles haven't fully maybe. Um, but and, the same, and nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's no, still people in our circles that are still very apprehensive about right. Doing stuff. And it's not even just that. I just don't think like for me, like, you know what I did, didn't want to do this weekend? A goddamn thing. You know what I did this weekend? Not a goddamn thing. Mm-hmm. I mowed my lawn one day that was way too hot. <laughs> and listen, the heat, like, I, I get it. Summertime can be a little bit warm. There is a certain line, though, when it's hot out. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go outside. I'm just not. I mean. Oh, I'm, dude, it's, it, was, it was miserable this past weekend. Yeah. It was, it was, it was in the 90s. It was high ni- or low 80, or high 80s, low 90s. Right. And the humidity was absolutely through the fucking roof. Right. Yeah. Uh, it was unbearable, uncomfortable. Uh, the only good thing, the only time we had some good weather was I believe it was Friday night when we went, or what night did we go to Bay City for the fireworks? Saturday night. It cooled off really quick out by on Bay City. We had a nice breeze coming through. I heard through. that, actually. And then when we went to Freezy's house on Sunday night, it, again, was hot as fuck all day. And, of course, imagine eating a bunch of meat, all the Yeah, that's all I get to do is just imagine that. We just- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I checked with him. Uh, I asked him about your invite. He said it was in the mail. Yeah, he said, well, but he said he sent it to your previous place of employment. He forgot. Mm. So sorry to uh, break that news mm, to you, buddy. Mm, but no, mm. we ate we ate a lot of great food. But then, like after you eat that much food, the last thing you want to do is go outside. So Freezy yeah. Springsdorf, myself, we seriously sat on the couch and watched some golf. And we even watched sixty minutes at one point because like we're not fucking going outside. There's a there. Listen, there's a line. Mm-hmm. And this weekend, drew that line. Yeah, it drew a very so, very strong it. thick line. It was Trick. unbearable. Uh, shout out to everybody in the chat. We see. Uh, I see. It's booty, Boot, booty haver. Boots. Booty havers in the house. Seven dungeons is in the house. Half has beer review. Tricky Regent. Vamp Bunny. Nice to see you. Vamp it's been a minute. Bunny Coes. Is that, is that how you pronounce it? Vamp Bunny Coast? Cause. Cause? Oh, Vamp Bunny Cause. Cause. But yeah, dude, uh, it, was, uh, it, it was a good weekend. It went by really fast. That's, usually, that's usually how it works on a three-day Fourth of July weekend. It goes by fast. But um, we ate a bunch of good food. We had a good time. Saw some great fireworks. Uh, and then Monday was just a day of recovery. I didn't All do it was. shit on All Monday. it was. It was, All yeah, it was. it was meat sweats and, and naps. And it was, it was pretty brutal on Monday. But overall, it was a fantastic weekend. 
had a really, really good time hanging out with friends and family. Saw, you know, a lot of cool people over the weekend, so that was nice. Uh, and now I have another weekend of debauchery and shenanigans coming up. Uh, I head up north tomorrow with a bunch of buddies from, like, high school, and we typically do this once a year. We go up, rent a cottage out or something like that, and just, just get drunk. Only we don't do that anymore. We just go to sleep. I just, I just, I just want sleep. And poop your pants. Sleep and poop my pants. But I'm looking forward to that, going up north. Uh, it's not supposed to be too hot this weekend. It's supposed to be in the 70s. So we should have some decent, decent weather to kind of like chill, have a good time, get drunk. Good. Do some grilling. So it's good. Looking forward to that. Speaking of getting drunk, Tone, what the fuck are we drinking tonight? Well, we are drinking something that, first of all, when I opened up the door, the look, Gratch was going to grab something else. And then I saw this and I was like, what? And why? What? What was the coincidence? What? What? Why was it so important? Because yesterday was Huey Lewis's birthday. Huey Lewis and the news. It was his birthday yesterday. Yes. His birthday yesterday. So when you saw this beer, this is by Shorts Brewery, the power of love. And on this fucking label is a DeLorean being pushed by a train, just like in the third installment of Back to the Future. I don't it's know a if you notice this here, but on the tr- on the train. Right over here on the side is a cassette tape. It says, says Power, Power of, of Love. Love. Yeah, what up, what up? Yeah. Um, and then this Pretty is a shandy-style ale brewed with rosemary and raspberry and blended with homemade lemonade. Now, let me tell you something, everybody. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I bring some stuff in here, and we're like, oh, it's the first time I tried it myself. I'm like, not bad, not bad. I got a- This instantly, the littlest taste, you're like, I like you. This is mm-hmm. really delicious. So uh, good stuff. Power of Love. Huey Lewis in the news. Happy birthday, Huey. Appreciate you all these years. Great music. Absolutely. Um, and I gave you a little TIL about him and Ray Park and all that uh, Ghostbuster yeah, drama. It was interesting. Ghostbuster drama and stuff like that. So, but um, yes, if you have a chance to find one of these, definitely do. That is really delicious. I love that sure. line. Hefas just said he goes, "There's that word heavy again." Marty, is there something wrong with the Earth's gravitational <laughs> yeah, pull in the future? <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. That, that's his dad says that, right? No, Doc Brown does. Because oh, yeah, he's yeah, in yeah, the yeah. school and he's like, "Man, this is heavy." Doc, and he goes, "There's that word again, heavy." Right, right, Marty, right. is there something wrong with the Earth's gravitational pull in the future? <laughs> right, 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 right. Oh, boots, you got some. Listen, uh oh, Moscow mules, good shit. Actually, a fan. What is, what is Moscow those. mules? Moscow mules are like it's like a half-ass. Correct me, I'm wrong, but it's like a vodka e like, I don't know. It, it, there, I don't even know, know for sure that it it's like lime vodka something. It's kind of Ooh. like a beer, but kind of not. I don't know. All I know is that I typically don't like those kind of things as often. Ginger and vodka, yeah, but it's the ginger that draws me in. So basically, what Boots is saying is that we can expect some awesome videos of her on on Twitter at some point because usually when she does her summer videos, she is gone. Yeah, she gets crunk, and it's hilarious. So I'm really hoping that by the time the show is done. We can go on Twitter and we'll see some awesome videos of her just doing some goofy shit. Because man, sometimes she does it. She posts videos of her just doing something. Just like man, that's that's awesome. That's <laughs> it's fun. Um, ginger, I will like when I get sushi, I will oh no eat ginger the ginger nonstop. Are you serious? Oh, I fucking love ginger. Oh man, absolutely. It's good to clean the palate between like different sushi rolls too. So that's not true. Dummy sounds made up. Sounds really stupid. But yeah, yeah, no, this is actually a really good beer. Now, interesting thing is it's only 2.5%. No, it's like 7. <laughs> He's saying it's 7 because he feels like his uh, masculinity is being challenged, <clears> but <throat> it's only 2.5, so you could technically drink 100 of these and not die. Right. But supposedly. The 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 big piece here is that it's very It is like very good. Really this good. is it's it's light, it's refreshing. This would be a good good beer for 90 degree weather. This would be a good beer and if you're eating as well too cuz I yes. say like heavier beers and you're not like eating. filling. 
Like this would be perfect. Like I kind of want a broader, mm. like a Kogel right now. Um, mm. Mm. My, wa- my wife is watching. Is Ant House has got his wife watching? Hi, Ant House wife. Hey, what's up? What's going on? Ant House Beats, ladies and gentlemen. The music that you hear at the beginning and the end of this mm-hmm. show is produced by the one and only Ant House Beats. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. He's also right here on Twitch. He's a hell of a streamer. He's entertaining. And he kicks up some kick-ass tunes, man. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of albums out. Spotify, iTunes, everywhere that you can listen to music. At the end of the show, we'll have a graphic up on the screen telling you where you can check out all of his music. Make sure you follow him. And he's definitely. talented and he's awesome. And that energy right there, it's the power of love. That's the power of love. <laughs> All right, so Tone, moving yeah. on to new events. Uh, tonight, we are doing something special on behalf of eGeekly. That's right. And it is Christmas in July. <laughs> Sponsored by the eGeekly uh, streamer group, which we're a part of. Yay. That's what we're a part of. That's awesome. And Tone, yes. we are giving something away on behalf of eGeekly. We are. We are giving away tonight Uh-oh. one month of Xbox Ultimate Game Pass. Ooh. So, very shortly here. Like guess right what? now. Like right now. Starting right now. Exclamation point enter for an opportunity, a chance to win a month subscription of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Get in there. Exclamation point enter. Giving away a one-month Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Get in there. Some awesome games coming out this month. We'll talk about that here shortly. There are some dope-ass games coming out that you're going to want to check out at the end of the month when we uh, break into a new segment that we're introducing this week. And if you guys get a chance, you'll see it here if you're even, I don't know, mobile might not, but uh, you know, click on our stream here. You will see our stream team as Entertainment Geekly. Get in there. Tap that. Go check some of the people out in there from yeah. time to time. There's a lot of people out there that do a lot of different things. They're very entertaining. They're very fun. Very honestly, without saying it out loud, but I'm going to say it out loud, there's some deviant people on there. Some that's, very. That's why, that's why we Vamp, get along. it also covers uh, Windows. Xbox Game Pass Ultimate covers Xbox and PC. That's correct. You're not just limited to Xbox. So if you game on PC or Windows. Right. And if you if for, you win it and can't use it, you re-gift it and pretend that you gave it away. Or hang on to it until you do get an Xbox. There you go. I mean, you have lots of options. Yes. I would just enter in because it's it's free. Right. It doesn't hurt to enter. Yeah, see? Ant House, take see, it. Win it for Ant House. Get in there. You can, you, if you win, you can pick somebody from the chat to give it to. Mm-hmm. The gift that keeps on giving. So, yes, on behalf of eGeekly, we are super excited to be a part of this giveaway. Make sure you follow everybody on the Geekly stream team. There's Christmas. a lot of them. They're talented. They're awesome people. And we're very, very happy to be a part of this team. Good stuff. Christmas in July. Christmas in July. You can follow eGeekly on Facebook, Twitch, Trovo, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, people, everywhere. People all over. Everywhere. Yep. We don't. The stream team is not just comprised of, um, of, of Twitch streamers. It's Facebook, Trovo, everywhere. They're everywhere. So make sure you follow them, hang out with them. They're entertaining. Absolutely. All right. Tone. You. Moving on to our first segment. We're going to do something different. At the beginning of every month, we are going to give you a, a, couple of inside, a couple of looks at some games that we're really anticipating for that month. And so this week, we will introduce our segment, which is our most anticipated games of July. Because it's the month of July. Because obviously it's the month of July. We're going to talk about the games. We're not. That was June. Seven Dungeons. That was June. Yeah. We're talking about. I got kicked off the list. This month, 
as far as July goes. Now we've uh, we've gone down the list. There are a lot of games coming out this month. There's a lot of it games, actually, a lot of really good looking games, a lot of exciting games, games that uh, you know I might not be excited about. Tony might not be excited about. You might be excited about, and that's fucking cool. But we're not talking about those ones. We're yeah. talking about the ones that were really excited about. This is our fucking show. <laughs> is this segment called Games We Should Avoid? Well, then, if that's the case, we would just talk about Dark Alliance for a half hour. Never heard of it. Never so heard start. of it. <laughs> yeah. You got some issues with the cyberbullying on that game, right? Not anymore. I deleted it. <laughs> I deleted it. So, this month, uh, and it's fine, the games that we picked, the four games that we chose, all come out basically on the same day. The yeah. end of July. So, I mean, we could have technically done this at you know the last show of the month and been like, we're still covered because we're covering the games that aren't out yet. Cool, yeah. huh? Yeah. All right. So... We're going to go uh, back and forth. Uh, I picked two games. He picked two games. We're going to talk about them just briefly, kind of give you an idea of what they look like and what they're about and why we're excited for them. First up, Tribes of Midgard, developed by Norsefell Games, and this drops on July 27th on PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, and PC. As you can see, it has a very beautiful art style. Tribes of Midgard is a new game in which players must resist the oncoming invasion of giants during Ragnarok. Interest immediately peaked. Okay, cool. That's awesome. It's set in a world uh, full of dark creatures, hidden gods, and an abundant of materials to uh, be uncovered. You play as a Viking living in a village that houses the seed of Yggdrasil, the last bastion that protects the gods from the other realms. Explore the wilderness to craft new weapons and be prepared to defend the sacred center of your village from the grim shadows from Helheim that prey upon its power. Oh, whoa. All the while, giants stalk ever closer to the village, seeking to destroy Midgard and fulfill the prophecy of the end of the world. Now, I've seen a lot of comparisons to this, uh, of this game being made to Valheim. I played a little bit of Valheim. I don't know how similar it is, but I do know that you can play this sucker with up to 10 people. 10 of your friends can hop into a server, work on building up your village, building up your defenses, taking out enemies outside the walls, the safety of the walls of your village, and collecting resources, but then you have these massive fucking giants that will track their way to your fort, to your village, and try to destroy it. And it's up to you and nine of your friends to fight them off. This shit looks fucking dope, dude. It's exciting. I am really excited for this game. Really exciting. It looks really good. It looks really fun. It's starting to generate some buzz. There's some media people talking about it. I'm. Re- this is a game that I really want to kind of like work into the uh, B&B community nights. Even if it's not a community night, just something the community can play. Yeah. Hop onto the server, do our res- grab our resources, do our building, build our defenses, and if a giant happens to attack that night, we go at it. But I mean, you can craft resource, you can craft armor, weapons. All of them have different perks. So this looks fucking sweet. Like I'm actually really, really excited for this game to drop. Um, one thing we're waiting on, and we're we're hoping that the the developer will be talking about. I've been, I'm in their Discord. I've asked a couple questions. Right now, it's coming out on PlayStation 5, PS4, and PC. Uh, it's $19.99, or you can get the, the deluxe edition, which is like twenty or $30. I think it's $29.99. But the base version is $19.99. What we're waiting to hear from them, and I hope they'll uh, confirm this before launch, is we don't know if cross-generational uh, gameplay will be there, meaning we don't know if PS5 people can play with PS4 people, which I really hope is the case because obviously not a lot of people have PlayStation 5s. And I know many of you at home still have PlayStation 4s. If, we, if it's cross-generational, we'll, we should have no problem filling up a 10-player lobby. Uh, cross-play is something that they're looking into as well. So obviously not at launch, PC won't be able to cross-play, but it is something they're working on as well. We'll have to wait on that. But overall, I think this game sounds incredibly fun. 
Uh, did you have any thoughts on it? Honestly, it's you know when we were talking about the games this month, I told you right out the gate, like though I've got two other ones separately, which I think is better just for the content sake of it, you know, to have some variety. I'm actually excited about this a lot as well too. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, probably more than one of the ones I'm gonna name just because. Again, I think the playability with everybody. I think a Friday night banter and babble plays of some sort, B&B plays of Friday night. I think that'd be, be really fun. It'd be a really good one. Hop so, on there, get drunk, and defend uh, Yggdrasil from I a think it could m- be a good massive time. giants. Yep, yep. I mean, that sounds kind of hot, so I will be excited about that. All right, Tom, we're going to talk about our next game. This one is one of your choices. It's a, it's kind of a niche title, I'm guessing, and it doesn't have a huge audience. I mean, but there's there's a right. fan base for it, correct? There, there's, there's a very small fan base for it. Um, I am one of two. There's two of us. I got a good friend named Jasper who's also a huge fan of these. We... Um, we're really excited when the fourth one came out. I've bought every single one since the second one. What are we talking about? We're talking about Samurai Warriors 5 by Koei. Um, I know a lot of people usually lead with the Dynasty Warriors. Myself, personally, I really care more about the feudal Japan-like history than I do um, the the Chinese dynasty kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. that's fine. It is what it is. They're they're both you know, very, like, they call them uh, miso slashers or whatever it is, your little stamina gauge and all that jazz. But... Um, it's a, you can see like crowd control, all kinds of stuff, like just big armies of people, and uh, you know this one character, you know, knocking them out with like the one swing of the weapon, whatever it is. But they're a great time. They're fun. They're they're a uh, they're one of those games I call therapeutic. I will play these over and over, and it's just right. it's mindless fun. Like you'll get so good and so powerful, you'll just run maps and things like that. But you're always trying to get them better grinds and better loot grinds and better right. weapons or whatever it's like it is. Like RPGs levels. or like a skill system, skill points? Not really, not no. Really? Okay. No, it's more about some more of your about loot, loot kind gear. of. Yeah, over the years it's definitely progressed in different directions, but it's the characters and the time period that mean so much to me. And this is actually dialing back a little bit earlier in uh, um, Nobunaga's like timeline um, during this period of uh, Feudal Japan, so... Uh, it'll be interesting to see if it actually yeah, landed on me. It did. Actually, fucking. I know I mean, it didn't. It's annoying the shit out of me. I got Mike Pence, didn't I? <clears throat> awesome. Um, but yeah, so I'm really excited about this. Like I said, I know they made the, I'm getting a disc version of it just because I had it pre-ordered. And this is one of those ones where I keep in my collection because I'm like, you know, right. Gollum and I got to have my preciouses still. But <laughs> um, I know they, I want to thank you, Koei, for making five discs so I could buy one of them. I appreciate it still. So this. Got to fly. Tone. Nice shot, dude. It's close. You weren't, dude, you weren't even... Give not. me some chopsticks. <laughs> Focus, Danielson. All right. No, that's awesome. No, I, I've never played any of these games. It's never been something that's really spoke to me, but uh, I was really kind of surprised that that's one of the games because I didn't realize how much you kind of like adored this franchise, so that's pretty sweet. What is... What are we looking at? Kronos had to turn off the hospitals. He had to turn off the hospital Wi-Fi. Uh, what you in the hospital for, Kronos? Oh, you all right? snap. Kronos alive? Is he um, all right? Yeah, lady. Man. Oh man, I'll cry. Thank you so much for that raid, dude. Much appreciate appreciated, you. dude. Glad to see he's back streaming too. Yeah, I'll cry. Back is at back it. Scream, uh, streaming. Thank you so much, I'll cry. We appreciate that. That is one of the many members mm-hmm. of the Eagle Stream Team. Actually, you could see uh, Miss Cannon stopped in here. She was in here just a moment ago. She, there she is, right yo, there. Yo, House Beats. We have all members many, here. many members. Of the Eagle Squad that streams at our time and uh, at night, and actually they're all over the world, so they're streaming at all different times. But yes, one of the many fine members of uh, Eagle So we really, really appreciate you stopping by. I'll cry. I hope everything's good mm-hmm. on your end. Like I said, glad to see you're back streaming. I know we took a little bit of a kind of like a little break there, but yeah, glad to have you back. He's man. back at it, and that's freaking mm-hmm. awesome. All right, moving on to the next game. 
While you're doing that, though, let me say, make sure if you have not done, exclamation mark, enter for Christmas in July, brought to you by Entertainment Geekly. We have that month of Xbox Live Ultimate to give you, Game Pass Ultimate, excuse me, yes. to give out to you. There's so many different words in those. It's a, it's a big one-month membership of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. There you go. It's very cool. That's very cool. Oh, yep, Cuddles. We know. Never. Yeah, I know. Uh, opener, please. Somewhere. Somewhere. We're a fresh one before we get to this next game. I'm really excited to talk about. Uh, yeah, Samurai Warriors 5. That drops on July 27th. Same day yep. as uh, Tribes of Midgard. Two of us in the state of Michigan are happy. This next game is one that I have been excited since they announced the damn thing at the Xbox Series X reveal uh, The Ascent. This drops on July 9th. This is the only game out of the three here that we're four that we're going to talk about that doesn't mm. drop on July 27th. This one drops on July 29th. Looks fucking awesome. It'll be available on um, Game Pass, which we're giving away. So this is one of the two games that you'll be playing this month if you win our one month subscription to Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Hey, you want to play with us? See that? You want to play with us? Oh my gosh! Whoa. Oh. Somebody just did that. Thank you Man, for the, the gifted so subs. Much. We appreciate that. Thank Yo, you so much. Holy shit. We, dropped it. we can't see the uh, the alert for that, but we appreciate you. Thank you so much, you whoever that was. Well if too. anyone in the chat saw who did that, seriously, please give them a shout out. I got to work on that. There it is, Tricky Region. Thank you so much, Tricky. Trick. Tricky, you're a – man, he's a sweetheart. He's a damn sweetheart. Thank you, Trick. We appreciate that, bro. And not a cyber bully. Just want to point that out. He, not like Seven Dungeons. But uh, The Ascent drops on July 29th from developer Neon Giant. Uh, it is a solo and co-op action shooter RPG set in a cyberpunk world. Interest peaked. Um, the mega corporation that owns you and everyone, The Ascent Group, has just collapsed. That's the, the basis of the game. Uh, customize your character with cyberware that suits your playstyle. Allocate new skill points as you level up and try various augmentations to take down your enemies in new creative ways. Every time I think of augmentations, I think of Deus Ex. Yeah, me too. Every time. Every, Every time. time you start talking about augmentations, I'm like, okay, this is going to be like Deus Ex, which is fucking sweet because Deus Ex is awesome. Uh, play the entire game alone or work together with up to three friends in either local or online co-op. I love when they can get both of them in there. Ooh, but yes. this game looks fucking dope. This is like a top, like a, 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 a isometric. isometric Diablo style, style type of game. It's going to be cooperative. There's going to be augmentations. It's got RPG elements. This looks fucking dope. This is one of the games I've been waiting for since the launch of the Xbox series. That's since the reveal. This is the one that I've been really wanting to see. It looks great. It looks awesome in motion. And it drops at the end of this month on July 29th. This is something that I've been really, really hyped about. And if you have Xbox Game Pass and you want to play, I'll be happy to play. Like I said, I want to do this thing with full co-op. Get in there. Have some fun with Tone, myself, whoever wins, and whoever else wants to play. Yeah. Yeah. Really excited for this to drop on July 29th. Now, to get to the final game that we're excited about. Uh, one that you can, again, play with Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Let's talk about Microsoft Flight Sim. I'm very excited about this. Yes, you are. And why is that? Because I don't really have a PC that I feel I can run this. Now, the Series <laughs> X will run, and I'm sure it won't look as great as a, some high-powered PC. However, um, I've loved this series since I was a kid, when I was in my technology class, and my teacher was... You know, always letting me get away with bullshit in the class, so I would do my work and then get to play Flight Simulator for fucking an hour and a half. So I love this shit from going to, like, a keyboard and then a flight stick. 
I may have to think about a point stick for this. Um, oh, damn, really? Yeah, because I don't know if that PS5 I don't one think it does. I, think I don't think it does. Yeah, yeah, so we'll see at the very least. I'll probably try it out with a... Um, I can play it on a controller if I have to, but I'm just excited to check it out. Like, I don't know how deep I want to pl- you know, play it, but... This is one of those games where I don't know if it's about the depth. It's just about relaxing, it's, it is. managing it's the flight, things, and getting from point A to point B. If you've never tried to fly like a, like a private like Cessna or something like that, like mm-hmm. it's pretty next level. Like, you literally, like... Tilt just a little bit and good luck getting it back. It's it's a it's a fucking mess. But they've got so many different things in it now too, from props and you know just fighter jets and stuff like that. And they you know they've been doing so much. I mean the game looks oh it looks beautiful, fucking beautiful. It's like it's, it's, it's like, gonna be yeah, a beautiful like, game. I heard it's I I didn't write it down, but I know it has a massive download size for the Xbox Series X. Ant House. What Ant House say? Oh, that's, that's right. That's right. Iceman. I am dangerous. I am dangerous. I am dangerous. God, man. And I have to see, I like it at the end of the trailer, they mentioned the um, Top Gun expansion that's coming to this. I don't know if it's an expansion or if it's just a couple of jets, but yeah, we get to see a little bit of that at the end of the trailer. I've never been a real big fight sim guy, but I will check this out. One, because it's on Game Pass, and two, I want my face melted. Mm-hmm. I want to see how good this looks uh, on console. I do, I'm keeping my expectations in check a little bit. You know, yeah. obviously, I had it on PC too, um, uh, Cuddles, and it just. Uh, it, my PC just couldn't handle that shit, and I had to dial it down to the point where I was like, you know, I don't even want to see this. But right here, this shit, yeah, dude, mm-hmm. I want to fly around in a in a. I don't even know what that is, an F sixteen, or I don't even know if that's well, if, even. A, if if that's the the Top Gun one, that would be an F fourteen Tomcat. And that's, F fourteen. That's that's oh, what I want to get my hands on. Free expansion. On. Free expansion. Free expansion. Free so, expansion. That looks really really good. So that's something we'll be checking out. That drops on guess what time? July twenty seventh. Oh, figure on Xbox Series X and Xbox Series S. So. Um, those are the four games that we're really excited about this month. If you're watching this on YouTube or if you're listening anywhere and you want to know or you want to share your favorite, uh, uh, most anticipated game of the month, we want to hear from you. Sound off in the comments. Let us know what you're excited <laughs> to see. Like I said, I know, I think um, Skyward Sword comes out this month. Uh, there's a couple other big titles yeah, that that's, drop this that's, month. Yeah, uh, there's actually it's a lot of like small titles this month. Yeah. Um, but there a lot some a lot of these titles have a lot of potential. Now clearly, Skyward Swords is going to have its own following, and I know that's going to blow it out of the water. And you know, it's not my thing, but I know those folks that are excited about that to have that remade or to play it on the Switch. Awesome, like that's exciting, good for y'all. So pretty dope. So, but um, yeah, I, these are these are definitely some ones that um, I think, when hindsight, when you look at all four of these at this point, they are definitely all kind of niche. Sure. Niche titles, um, and I think that's really exciting right now because there's not a lot of big stuff coming out, but it's awesome to be excited about small titles as well. Sure. Now, uh, before we get to the next topic, let's talk about the Nintendo Switch for just a moment, Tone. Because we had a big announcement this week. <laughs> Did we? We had a big announcement. Weird, I there's been that. so much talk about the next iteration of the Nintendo Switch. So much speculation. So many insiders talking about, oh yeah, man, upgraded chip. DLSSS, whatever the fuck that is, 4K visuals, all this jazz. Everyone's hype. I was hyped. I'm like, man, yeah, I want to see a beefier Nintendo Switch, okay? So I'm like, cool. Nothing happened at E3. Everyone's like, oh, man, well, if they're not going to announce it here, then maybe they'll wait till the fall or something like that. Nope. They announced it this week, the Switch OLED version. Now, that's cool, man. OLED, that's a beautiful image, right? Mm. That's a beautiful image. We have an OLED screen like mm. the Vita had. Back in the day, the Vita had an OLED, so that's cool. Same thing as a har- piece of hardware from, what, seven years ago? Cool, man. The Vita had an OLED. But that can't be it, right? That can't be it. It's a new Switch. Okay? It's a new Switch, but it's got an OLED. That's cool. It's got 64 gigs of internal memory. 
Also, it doubled. Yeah. So that's cool. You so got more par, space. You're on more than iPhone. You got more space for your games. You got the OLED and more space. Battery, battery life. Fuck yeah. That's cool, dude. Tone. Yeah. Tell me about the specs. Tell me about all the changes they made internally to the system. Tell me how this is the Switch Pro. Not one fucking change to the specs on the inside of the system. It's four years. Is that four years now? Not one change to the specs inside the system. Not a damn one. Now look, if you play your Switch in handheld mode, eighty-five percent of the time, I can I can see why you'd probably want to do this. OLED, it's going to look really good. OLED looks good when the when the Vita went from its LCD to an OLED. It was absolutely beautiful. It looked great. It was a much better quality, much better image. And I was like, cool. But man, <laughs> if you think I'm spending $350 to just play on a brighter screen on a system that I play docked 85% of the time, wow. no. And everyone's like, well, people will just buy it up because it's Nintendo. No. No. I'm not buying this. I'm not buying it. That's horse shit. That's weak as fuck. And now I got to wonder, how far out are we now? From higher-end hardware. So, first of all, Cuddles, yes, you definitely should want one. There's great games on them, at least having one. Um, yeah, it's not much more than your cell phone, Kronos. You're absolutely right on that one. Uh, capitalism is probably part of it as well, too. Boots says pee-pee-poo-poo. That's probably the best explanation for this entire thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Tricky says something, and that's my question, too. And I don't want to get too deep in this conversation with it because it's a waste of time, in my honest opinion. But... Um, no chips available. I wonder if that played a part in the fact that they weren't able to do a beefier version of that system. I really kind of, that was the first thing I kind of thought of the other day, but. No, nah, dude, this is just Nintendo being Nintendo. And that's what everybody has said. And, it's, it do, that's, and that's what, what it is. I mean, said. look, we've, we've, we've all been following Nintendo for a long time. It's our childhood. This is what they do. It's like putting out the new 3DS uh, XL with the C-Stick, but. Not giving you an adapter. An oh, hey, adapter. did they did they add a cool D-pad to it? Nope. Same old buttons for a D-pad on your Joy-Cons. Does it, now, do we still get the Joy-Con drift? Because I want this. Is this going to be the same? We're going to have to deal with aren't drift? Aren't they doing like a 90-day extended warranty on those for that reason? <sighs> I don't fucking. I was I so, I I was so disappointed. When this, when this trailer came out, I was like, sweet, dude. Let's take a look at this. Let's see these specs. Not a fucking thing changed on the inside. Disappointing. Not buying a new one. Happy for those of you that either don't have a Switch and you want that bright OLED. Cool. For those of you that play docked, come a, come, come again. Yep. Uh, no, come again. No pun Not right in, now. No pun intended. Uh, <laughs> Drift <laughs> comes in the box. Right, yeah. <laughs> Something happens. I like to think that in the R&D, maybe this is a big joke, and it was just like Waluigi. Waluigi? Waluigi. I never get that right. Wario laughing in as her. So yeah, that was the other big news. So that was really cool. Can we watch our language, please? Fuck no, we can't. Sorry, buddy. Can't do it. Tokyo Drift. Like that, Blanco. What's going on, Blanco? There he is. Blanco's in the chat. Uh-oh. There he is. Uh-oh. All right. Moving on to our next topic. And again, next month, at the beginning of August, we'll do another most anticipated. We want to make sure we're covering games to the best of our ability. Uh, there are games always going to pique our interest. That's true. So we'll make sure we do this every month at the beginning of the month. Our most, imp- most anticipated games. Of the month. Chronos blame GameStop. <laughs> Moving on <laughs> to the next topic of the evening. We're doing some movie reviews. We've got three movies to talk about. The first one we're going to talk about. 
The Tomorrow War. What? Available now on Amazon Prime. What? Directed by Chris McKay, starring Chris Pratt, Ivan Stravesky, J.K. Simmons, Sam Richardson, and Edward Hodge. Mm. And, Tom, we uh, talked about this movie when we first saw the trailer a couple months ago, and our initial impressions were this is either going to suck or it's going to be really, really good. Well. Tom, start. I know you took a lot of notes on this. I've got. There's a lot of stuff you want to talk about, and there's going to be a lot of stuff I want to shoot down after you get done talking about it. That's fair. That's fair. So, now, I did take a lot of notes on this one. While he's bringing up his notes, the synopsis of the movie is this. Uh, People from the future have come back to now to let us know, look, we're being invaded by an alien race that is unstoppable, and they're fucking us up. So what we need to do is bring a bunch of y'all up to the future to help us fight this war. We need bodies. We need bodies to throw in front of these things to slow it down so we can work on finding a serum. Okay? So that's the premise. And Chris Pratt, who has military training, he's one of the people that gets drafted in, and he gets dropped in, literally dropped in, which is one of the funniest like insertions I've ever seen in a military movie. The drop in that was fucking Insertion. hilarious, um, but no, let's uh, let's talk about right. it and then oh and th- and see the chat. We're already seen it. Wasn't as bad as I thought it was gonna be. I thought it was pretty good. I really enjoyed it. It's all over the place. It really is. It's all over the place right now, and that's kind of great. Like, listen, I- I'm gonna first of all, I'm gonna preface this by saying I was drinking that night. So <laughs> I don't know if that helped my decision, but I was really into hmm. it. Um, Wait a minute, yeah, you were yeah, drinking. Yeah. I know Cuddles was drinking. Tricky was probably drinking. Half-ass beer was probably doing a reveal as he was watching. So right. everyone was drinking, seemed to enjoy the movie. Okay, I, I see what's going on. Go ahead. <laughs> I get it. Well, Go ahead. Fuck my notes. Yep. <laughs> um. So okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the pros and cons kind of thing. Uh, who wants what? Who wants to hear what first? Do we care about cons or pros first? Because honestly, listen, I'm there's gonna say, there's pros. I'm gonna pre- yeah, I'm gonna preface this. I did enjoy the movie. Mm-hmm. I do agree with a lot of the things that you say. I think we're at this point that we kind of recognize a lot of different things. And listen, I know it's hard sometimes when you're doing things like this and you got to watch, you know, how far you get into the criticism because then you move away from is it fun and entertainment to being we're just being edgy or whatever like that. And I'd like to believe that we do a good mix of like okay. not doing that, honestly, mm-hmm. um, unless it's trash like Mortal Kombat, then we'll burn it all day. But this uh, this movie, you want to hear cons first? I got some pros. Let's start with cons. Let's go cons. So, uh, there's a lot of cons here, but I won't. Uh, <laughs> I, I loved it. I'll do most of them, but uh, uh, why wouldn't they train longer in bigger groups before just like they had? They still had time, right? They still had some time. Like along with that, like what the fuck was the? Well, they didn't have a lot of time because remember in the movie, time is explained to be two rafts on a river, two points right. on a river that are constantly moving in the same direction. So, as we take longer here. We're running out of time. But that's just in the a future. stupid plot of like that. Well, that, like, well I, I understand it's a stupid plot, but it's, I'm just it's, saying that's stupid. Like I thought that was stupid. Oh, okay, yeah, I was gonna say that's yeah. That's saying. the that's how that, they explain I, time I know, travel. But I'm just that. See, that's dumb. I thought that was dumb. Okay. Um, I just felt like they could have trained longer in bigger groups. Um, the drop into the pool was neat, but <laughs> I thought it was also kind of like I can like I don't know. I I don't know. I whether I felt it was cliche or what. I just thought it was stupid. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, I felt like Pratt was kind of underutilized. I'm not looking for like Parks and Rec Pratt or even Star Lord. I just felt like he was reined in, even on his like serious acting. Like he just felt off. It ve- felt very like cruise control. Like, mm-hmm. and I, I thought that kind of sucked because he's typically got a bigger presence. Mm-hmm. And while he definitely was the clearly the lead in the movie, he didn't have a whole lot of presence. That sucked. Um, let's see the the daughter blaming dad 
uh, leaving the draft while she's in the fucking war and knows what happened is so fucking stupid. Like that whole entire thing where she's mad at him mm-hmm. oh, for leaving and then dying or whatever the fuck happened to him. Like that's what that that's what we're going to spend our 10, 15 minutes of not seeing my dad in 30 years or whatever it is, is crying about that instead right. of being happy. Like what a dumb fucking overdramatic <laughs> bullshit. That was so stupid. Oh my. Um, The breakdown on the beach kind of coincided. That was way too much. Like I get it, but. Come on, man. It weakened, it weakened her character, I felt, because like she was kind of a hard ass oh, yeah. to a degree, and I think that was good. Like She could have some emotional crack. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But like her complete breakdown and all that shit weakened her fucking character, and it made her to, to just – it just was a waste of time. I feel like it humanizes her character. Yeah. Okay. Um, the over dramatic ending. Um, the 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 <laughs> stupid ending. Jesus yeah. Christ! How how over dramatic was that? Where she's fallen? <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! Like it was it was it was bad. Oh. Um, a lot of parts of that towards the end was getting very campy and predictable. I felt. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, weird to add the campy character shit at the end of the movie. Like, um, okay, so we'll we'll dive a little bit deeper into that probably. But towards the ending, when they extended some of it, like it went far, it went longer than it probably needed or should it to be. And there's a degree of me like, okay, I'm okay with that maybe. Is that risk worth it? Well, I don't know if in the end when you sit back and look at it, was that really worth it? You know, because then you started getting all these different like characters and like these different character like archetypes in like the last half hour of the movie. I thought that was a really weird move for them to do. Yeah. I thought it just didn't feel right. Um the Jesus, probably the worst scene in the entire movie for me Uh-oh. Uh-oh. was when Chris Pratt in twenty frames per second jumped on the back of one of these things. <laughs> it yeah, looked like yeah. something from Snow Dogs trying to save his dad. Like what the fuck was that? Um overall, um the ending was really over the top. Some of it like listen, I like things that are that are you know, recognizing that it's gonna be like that, but it was taking itself so seriously, like it kind of just almost uh, uh was laughable at that point but uh so that's kind of the cons that's where i'm at of that like and again i'm prefacing saying like i actually enjoyed it more than dude i did like the movie um I, I like a lot of dumb shitty fucking sci-fi movies so i can usually try to find some of that entertainment in it it's, and i know it's not that's just a me thing it's not everybody thing but here's the pros right out the gate the alien design was amazing it was very yeah. eerie almost realistic what are they called white spikes yeah, white spikes. Yeah. I got Cloverfield feelings out of that, yeah. just in smaller yeah, yeah, scale. Yeah. They looked very Cloverfield to me, and I'm a super fan of that as well, yep. too. Um, I, some of the graphics were great, and it had to do with the aliens. There were other parts in the movie the graphics were just, like, the budget was like, oh, okay, we're going to cut the corner here. Like, there's the duct tape. Cool. <laughs> um, the pacing. I liked the pacing and the action up until we started getting to the end. That's when it kind of threw me off, because I was taking notes while I was watching this. Um, the high suspense with the bombing and stuff was a little predictable, though. Um, I liked it, but it was, it was just predictable. The glide that they did threw me off. I thought that was kind of neat. Um, it, to coincide with that, my favorite part of the movie probably overall was the chopper blade tilting and it's jumping off the cliff, awesome, cut man. it up. Like I thought that was a really fucking neat thing to do. I'm that like, part okay, was awesome. Yeah. Uh, you will probably talk about this too. Like um, I said, it felt very Independence Day-esque, oh, yeah. um, which is fine, you know? Um, you know, uh, let's see. It felt video game-ish at times, too, which I also thought was Big fine. video game. Yep. Um, my second favorite scene is in the corridor where they're coming down the stairs, and it felt like doom sometimes because there's the light shining on them, and they're, they're coming down. Um, but, again, the last 20 minutes I originally said was fun and different, but I don't know if the risk and the reward was really actually there to, after once <laughs> I got to the end. Um, and then I did get some serious alien vibes towards the end. Like, there was a lot of things it took from. I definitely got some... Um, thing vibes, some alien vibes. It was one kind of one of those things. So 
again, overall, that's my pros and cons. I, I you know, I enjoyed the movie. Um, are we going to remember this in a couple weeks or a month, as you keep saying? No. We're probably going to forget about it. So if you guys, it sounds like some of you guys enjoyed it. We'll get, we're going to circle back on some of those, but I'm going to let Dude take it for a moment as well. Uh, yeah. So going into this, <laughs> expectations were incredibly cons. low. Uh, expectations were incredibly low uh, just because the trailer looked generic and I was like, either this is going to be really bad or it's gonna be, it'll be entertaining. And for the most part, it is dumb fun for better and for worse. You know, there's, there's some exciting parts. There's some, fu- it's, it's, it's like a video game. It's just dumb fun. You're shooting people, are, things are blowing up. People are getting eaten. Uh, Chris Pratt's running around being a, a badass. It has all the elements that you want from like, uh, it's like a, a hybrid of a, a Met Independence Day and uh, Starship Troopers. Remind me a lot of those two movies, Independence Day and Starship Troopers. Um, the Some of the action is really good. Like you mentioned, the, the staircasing that, that spills out to the street as they try to get away from the bombing run. I actually thought that was probably the most intense yeah, uh, segment of the movie. It was a well-done sequence. It was really, really fun. Um, and it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was intense. There was a lot going on and I really, I really liked that. So, um, that part of it, was, was, they, they nailed some of the action sequences. Like you mentioned the part where all the white spikes jump off the cliff, chasing after the queen and the helicopter tilts and just blades them all. I was like, okay, that's fucking sweet. That was, I laughed so fucking loud. Cause I was like, that was incredible. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. Um, I, I do like the casting. Um, I thought Chris Pratt was good. I didn't have any issues with what he did. I thought, you know, when he needed to be uh, a badass, he was a badass. There was a couple of scenes where he was emotional with his daughter. Um, I felt like everyone was all right. Um, I like Sam Richardson. I just thought he was trying to be overly funny in this movie. There, there were a couple of scenes where his jokes were. I was just like, okay, this is this yeah, is oh, yeah. forced. Um, it, it felt really forced. Some scenes uh, there were there were genuinely funny. Uh, J.K. Simmons. <laughs> Is hilarious in the movie because he just seems so disinterested in being there. Like in the scenes that he's in, he's in the beginning, he's in the end, and it just looks like he's completely disinterested in this movie. Um, he he phones it in, uh, <laughs> and uh, I can't. I was telling you, I can't help but wonder if if this was like a part of a contract that he had for like Invincible. We're like, hey man, we'll pay you for Invincible and all this shit, but you know, can you do a quick cameo, small part in this movie because we need someone to play uh, Chris Pratt's dad? He's like, yeah, sure, I'm jacked. Yeah, exactly, tricky. He's a rip motherfucker. I, I noticed that in Whiplash. There's a couple scenes I'm like, he's fucking, he's jacked, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, he's jacked for his age. I wish I could, uh, I wish I could look like that. Uh, but overall, the casting was good. Um, but my issue with this movie is at the scene where uh, he's in the future with his daughter, and she cr- she creates the serum. Now maybe somebody in the chat can explain this to me. But she's like, I need you to take this serum back in time, and create. A bunch of it, a bunch of this shit, so we can defeat them. And she talks, and he's talking about, "Well, I'm going to come back, and I'm going to save you." And it's just like, okay, well, that's stupid. First of all, she's going to be dead because, as we know, he's going to go back. It's going to take a couple of weeks for them to create the serum. She's going to be dead by the time you get back. The world's going to be over. But my point, my, my my question was like, dude, if you have the serum, just go back, produce everything, and she'll never be in the situation where she's going to die. Yeah, at that point in the movie, they didn't know where the aliens came mm-hmm. from, but they know where they first appeared, and that was in Russia. And because we're at a point in this movie, we're at that before he ships off, the everyone on the news is like, the world has come together to fight a common enemy. So I'm sure, I'm sure once you create this serum, you can go to Russia and be like, hey, look, guys, these fucking creatures are going to be coming out of here somewhere. Here's a bunch of this serum. We're going to give parts to other parts of the country so when they do show up, we can get rid of them really fast. 
Why the fuck was he making such a big deal about not wanting to go back? Dude, you have the serum. Go fix it. She's never going to be in this situation. I'm not going to let you die here. You don't have to. She won't even be here. I was like, okay, this is stupid. This whole conversation is stupid. Then he gets back. And then, it get, and then as soon as he gets back, this is when the movie just gets completely stupid. Like, it's dumb. He gets back. He's like, hey, look, I got this serum. He's telling like, the Secretary of Defense, we got this serum. You know, we got this serum. We need to produce it and then go to Russia, do a mission and go to Russia and fuck shit up. He's like, no, 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 no. We ain't doing any of that. We, you know, we got problems with Russia. An hour ago, you just said everybody was on the same page fighting one common enemy. You just said it an hour ago. Everyone, we're, we're fighting a common enemy. Now he's like, no, 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 we can't go over there. That'll, that'll cause issues. No, because you know the real issue is in the future when these aliens show up. So what's Chris Pratt do? He's like, he brings a little team together. Okay, well, we got to figure out where they come from. Well, there's this ash under the fingertips of the, of, of, of the claw of the Who'd guy. Who'd they has. ask about that? Hey, let's figure out who do we know that knows volcanoes? I don't know. Let's go ask the kid in my class, the, 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 the 12-year-old. Okay, now we've gotten really stupid. Yes, it's funny, but it's stupid. And then they, they run a mission with like six people. Dude, by this point, I'm just like, this movie sucks. This whole movie has just gotten so bad. Like, I knew going in, the expectations were low. This was going to be Independence Day. It's going to be stupid. But they dra- dude, they rushed the ending, yet it dragged it out 40 minutes. I don't know how you can rush something, and it still feels longer than it really needs to be. <laughs> I, I that's that. impossible. Now, <laughs> that's real time travel shit. We're rushing, but it's dragging the fuck out 40 more minutes. And the ending sucked. Dude, as, you know what? <laughs> All she had to do was say, go create the serum and run the credits. We won. It's over. It, it's just, dude, it's, it was completely stupid. Yeah, cause I, it was, <laughs> I want my cells back, dude. I, the ending was great. Get the tricky. No, <laughs> tricky was shit faced. That's what's going on. Um, no, that movie was, uh, you know, it was entertaining. And, and look, look I watched it for two and a half hours. Right? I'm not going to get the time back. But this isn't a movie I'm going to be like, I'm going to watch it next time. I'm going to watch it next time. I'm going to watch it a second view. I'm, not, I'm never going to watch this movie again. Mm, probably not. It's two and a half hours. It's not even near as good as Independence Day, which was goofy. It's not nearly as good as, as Starship Troopers, which is the next one I want to make. If you're going to make a movie about aliens who have razor teeth that shoot spikes, go for the R rating. You show one guy get ripped in half, go for the R rating. Give me the full blood. Give me all the guts. Give me the horror. Go for the R rating. This being PG-13 was fucking dumb. We saw a guy get ripped in half. I couldn't see innards. I can't see his intestines flying out everywhere. Shock value. These are aliens. These are monster fucking aliens. Why can't we just watch it? Dude, we got people falling from the sky, hitting their heads on the side of a skyscraper, and tumbling to their death. Go for the fucking R rating, please. You know what I'm saying, dude? Give me the R rating. Give, 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 give you the hard R. The movie could have been really, really good had they made a lot of wholesale changes. But for the most part, it's a forgettable flick. It's, it's not as good as Independence Day. It's not as good as Starship Troopers. This is just one of those movies where I was like, cool, I watched it. I'm good. I'm all set. I'm done. I'll never watch it again. Not as, it's not, I, I just didn't enjoy it. Not yeah. all that much. Especially after the last 40 minutes. After the last 40 minutes, I was like, this movie's really stupid. Just, just couldn't get into it. Screw it. Make it X-rated and the aliens fuck everyone. That, wow. Jesus. Puddles. My God. 
Yeah. That's yeah. Okay. So there's, there's a lot of activity out there in the (laughs) chat going on. Um, I did see some critiquing of Chris Pratt's acting. That's a, that's a pretty, uh, uh, fair debate. I, there's a lot of people that actually don't get, listen, I honestly like Chris Pratt's enjoyable. Thank you guys so much as, for those subs. Yeah, we appreciate everybody, by the seven way. Seven Dungeons. Thank you guys so much. Uh, we do, um, you know, Chris, Chris Pratt was, uh, uh, greatest star Lord is very entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, Jurassic Park, he's all right into, I feel like it was, he, I feel like that role, he's better than this in some degree. Honestly, like my favorite's still gonna be Parks and Rex because it's comedy. He's great at the you know the comedic bits. Um, sure. You know, I feel like maybe he was trying to maybe spread out his acting chops into this and just fell flat. Like I don't know if that's the you know writing necessarily. I don't really know. But um, at the same time, like again, he was very underutilized. But I know a lot of everybody out there seemed to like it. Uh, there's people out there who enjoyed it, and that's great. I think, like I said, I didn't hate it as much as dude did. I actually did get some enjoyment out of it. Um, I wouldn't say I hate it. I just, dude, I just, it was just, it. <laughs> no, we've seen hate. And, you know, <laughs> I think somebody down there said, um, uh, who was it? Uh, Blanc on a scale of jinjitsu and uh, Mortal Kombat. How bad was it? Uh, I don't think it was bad like that. It just, I feel like it was just kind of like a, a bargain bin sci-fi action movie. It was something. It had some potential. There were some good scenes in it, but at the end of the day, it's just going to be one of those movies where I'm like, I'm never going to talk about this movie again. So Right. Uh, but, yeah, I see a lot of you out there um, seem to pretty, you know, seem uh, to like it real well. So that's, you know, awesome, you know. I mean, it could be. Hand. Maybe it's just possible possibility. Oh, boy, Cuddles comes out with. Uh-oh. Oh, speaking of Cage, I found a new rating system for his movies today. Oh, this would be interesting. Okay. One. Is it a bad film elevated to endlessly watchable to endlessly watchable endlessly watchable through the sheer force of whatever the hell Nick Cage is doing? Two, is Nicolas Cage making performance choices that no other actor living or dead would ever have made, whether they work or not? Three, is Nicolas Cage wearing a wig of some sort? <laughs> he wears some goofy ass wigs. Uh, and or facial hair prosthetic. Is Nicolas Cage committing 10,000% to an accent that he's mastered by about 30%? Five, are the actors around Nicolas Cage even uh, <laughs> close to, to being on, on the same, same wavelength? wavelength? Probably not. Probably not. That's that's an interesting rating scale, though. That's interesting. Uh, Tricky says, either go for comedy or make a drama that mix and match can take away from the movie. No, I agree. It's a balancing act. Oh, boy. I know Jay Hill was a fan. I'm going to be curious, so. Let's see what he says. I just tuned in. I liked it for what it was. I like how they came back from the future and then had like a second inning. I agree that they rushed the part and it made no sense talking like five people and an old man was dumb. I do wish they would have talked more about the old aliens that crashed. That Right, uh, with the spike. I said kind of the same thing too. Like I wanted more background there. I th- Listen, I, the, one thing I didn't say, I do want to say to kind of coincide with that, I felt like the movie would have been more believable or interesting if those aliens were there, but not from other aliens bringing their ship, if they were living here or brought an asteroid, brought by an asteroid or whatever it was, sure. or maybe they just lived here for eons, like some form of like hidden, hidden mini kaiju. I felt like that would have been uh, uh, more powerful for the movie. I, I felt like because again, like in that in that sense, there's already so much going on in this movie. Like. Like I said, like was the end of that movie really ambitious and risky? Did it work? Did it not? I think that's going to be that's kind of that debate there. I know you didn't do a lot of that, and there's a lot you can critique on it, but it it led to more mystery and questions that almost you didn't need. Right. Like I want because I was the same way. I'm like I want to know about the ship and the aliens that brought them. Like where the fuck's that conversation? And now you know here we are. <laughs> Half as so. is going for the sequel status with the aliens transporting them. Hopefully it's a smarter movie. Hopefully it's a smarter movie. John Travolta involved. <laughs> Johnny T? 
Uh, overall, though, I mean, like I said, it was it had its moments, but yeah, this will be a movie I'm not going to remember after a week, and I don't think a lot of people will either. It's gonna be, I, maybe we've just had some shitty movies this year. A lot of shitty movies is one of the better ones we've seen, possibly. But compared to some of the other movies that it's borrowing a lot from, I don't even think it's on the same level as some of those movies. Yeah. So appreciate y'all in your comments. A lot of you had some good conversation going out there too. There's a lot of good stuff back and forth. So oh well, Anne House well mentions one point that's interesting. Yep. Well, it was the humans' fault for a global warming, which brought the aliens out. If that was the message they were going for, this movie should have been a lot shorter. There was a lot of that message <laughs> in that movie, but that's a that's a good point. That is a good point too. That is an interesting point. But uh, have we had a good movie? Yeah. I mean, Judas and the Black Messiah was a good movie. Um. Well, hang on. We got one for you. Yeah, we got another one we're going to talk about here in just a moment uh, that's definitely worth a look. But, yeah, we've had some good movies, but movies that are better than this one by far. But there's been a lot of duds as well. Moving on to that next movie. Let's talk about No Sudden Move, available now on HBO Max. This is directed by the great Steven Soderbergh. Big fan of his work. Uh, quarantine – or um, not quarantine. Um, <laughs> it's the one with um, – I can't remember the name of it. But he did the Oceans movies. He did Oceans 11, Oceans 12, Oceans 13. He did all the ocean movies. Uh, the guy is just, he's, he's a great director. He makes a lot of good movies. Uh, this is starring an amazing cast. This has an incredible cast uh, starring Don Cheadle, Benicio Del Toro, David Harbour, John Hamm, Craig Mums Grant, Brendan Fraser, Julia Fox, Kieran Culkin, and, well, you know what? Maybe we won't mention that one because. Uh, Let's kinda, leave that last name out. Just in we case. won't mention that one. Uh, but this uh, dropped on HBO Max uh, with – it wasn't a whole – yeah, Cuddles, yes. Uh, that's the first thing I noticed because Brendan Fraser shows up at the beginning of this movie. Now, look, I'm, I'm a big guy. Okay? I'm fat. And, but I, so I can look at a movie and be like, boy, that guy put on some weight. Brendan Fraser put on some weight. I don't know if it was for the role. I mean, it's possible. I mean, Ray Liotta and Narc, he put on like 100 pounds. Brendan Fraser, I was like, damn, my boy got big. I don't know what he's been in lately, but – a lot of personal issues. <laughs> Brendan Fraser trying to look like Drew Carey's brother. <laughs> wow, wee-wa. Um, yeah, that, that, I thought that was interesting. I, I don't, I haven't seen Brendan Fraser in a long time. I was like, wow, he. Uh, they, they've actually attributed that to a lot of the personal issues he's gone through over the last decade or so. Has he really gone through a lot? Yes, he had some really shitty shit. Oh man, well, that's unfortunate. Now I feel like a prick, but it's okay. That's what I was hoping is that you feel like a prick. Fat guys stick together. I love you, Brendan. I still like Brendan Fraser. Thank you guys so much for the uh, subscriptions, Cuddles. Thank you so yeah, much. I appreciate all you guys. Thank you. Fat Brendan versus Fat Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. I know. I know he went through a lot of shit with his throat cancer and stuff. So you leave you leave Val Kilmer out of this. He's actually got uh, a documentary coming out next month on Amazon Prime called uh, Val. Good because he's, well, he's he explains everything that he's been through and the the struggle that he's it. had to deal with. So. Um, very, very uh, interesting. Forge Hammer, thank you so much for that gift sub, man. I appreciate that. But, um, no, this takes place in 1954 in Detroit uh, during the booming uh, auto business. Everything's rocking and rolling with the big yeah, right four. Right after the war. Uh, right after the war. So it's, it takes place in a, in a cool era in Detroit, so that was awesome. Detroit, big fan of that. Uh, but this is, a, uh, this is a caper. You know, it's, it's, it's almost kind of like a heist movie, a caper, and it is very, very well done. Now, this is a slower burn than what we saw in the Oceans movies. This isn't as you know, slap da- uh, slapdash and just kind of get through it without much thought. Um, Josh, I'm, I think it was filmed in Detroit. The other question I have, too, is is this based loosely off actual events as well or no? Uh, that, I, that was the one thing I forgot I to I feel look like up. parts of it were, and then they, they, they Hollywoodized a lot of other stuff yeah. to make it into a heist flick. But, um, no, this this is a this is a really good flick. Um, there's great acting. Like I said, the cast has Don Cheadle. Yeah, everything that we have listed. Amazing cast. 
And for a Steven Soderbergh film, for a, a caper like this, it has a lot of plot twists. There's a lot of twists, a lot of unseen things, a lot of uh, double crosses, all that jazz. And it's really, really good in that regard. And that's what makes it a slow burn because it doesn't give way to a lot of violence. I mean, there's a little bit here and there. Actually, there's some pretty good pretty good kills. But mm-hmm. for the most part, this is a slow burn. It's There's a lot of dialogue. It's well-written. Um, there's a lot of great scenes with a lot of these actors and there's a cameo at the end. That's pretty sweet. I do know this movie had gone through a little bit of production hell, not because of like writing or anything like that, but because of the pandemic, it was slated to come out last year, but they had to halt production. They actually lost some of the key, key cast members that were supposed to be in this, including John Cena, George Clooney was attached at one point. Um, Gilbert Godfrey, Gilbert Godfrey was attached to it at one point. But the, the, uh, due to the pandemic, they had to change a lot of stuff. They had to mm-hmm. bring in new actors, but they did a great job. I mean, it's not like they took any major hits. I mean, there's a lot of talent here. Uh, but it is also going to be one of those movies that's going to benefit from a subsequent viewings. Um, Absolutely. Watching it once or twice, three times. There's going to be a lot of stuff that you might have missed, a lot of little hints, some dialogue between some certain characters that may have seen obscure the first time you saw it. But then when you go back and you watch again, you're like, oh, shit, that's what they're referencing. Oh, they're referencing this. Now I know how this deal came into play. And it's it's really good. It's just it's it's a it's it's a it's a character driven movie. There's a lot of great acting, a lot of great scenes. Um yeah, I think everybody should check this out. It's available now on HBO Max. It's definitely worth a look. Tell them what were your thoughts on it? I have nothing bad to say about it. It is a slow burn and from that perspective, I know that it's not gonna be a movie for everybody. Um, if you don't like slow burns, if you don't like a lot, like a lot of heavy dialogue, things like that, I get that's not for everybody. Might not enjoy it. I really enjoyed it. I really like rich dialogue, and you, like you said, you need big actors sometimes to kind of pull that off with certain flicks, and this is definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, at any time, if you had some of these other people that come in there, I don't, I don't think would have had some of the momentum or the power that it had. And I do lastly want to say though, again, like I said, I, I want to watch this multiple times. This is a great movie. HBO has put out some really good flicks this year, and they've been very, like, uh, uh, just heavy dramas in general. But John Cena was in the movie. You just couldn't see him. Wow. I'm just – first of all, I apologize. Um, I apologize for our subscribers. I apologize to people in our Discord that support this channel every day. I apologize for the shit jokes and this lousy-ass fucking co-host. Everyone, don't forget the 50th episode is coming up, so please tune in for the special hot tub stream that may or may not happen. It might just be me watching on Twitch in my hot tub, which you should stream as well. Yeah, Stream yourself sitting in the hot tub watching B&B. I think that'd be hot. That, that would, I would sub to that. I'd stop doing the show, go watch it, and sub for a minute, and then come back. And drinking, like, your Miller Lite out of, like, a wine glass, but eating, like, hot dogs? Yeah. Gross. That's terrible. No, but it, it's a great – and there's a couple other characters that I didn't mention. Um, uh, Ray Liotta's in it. Uh, Bill Duke is in it. So, I mean, yeah. there's some – That Bill Duke got me really hyped, by Every major the way. character and most minor characters is by played by somebody of repute that you know. So, I mean, it was it's pretty awesome. Big fan of this movie. Definitely watch it. It's probably going to require a second viewing, but if you have HBO Max, don't miss this one. And don't forget the, uh, uh, the bellhop. Oh, yeah, the bellhop. I don't have his name, but uh, he liked our tweet earlier when we were talking about going live. It's his first major flick, and he's from Detroit. So, kudos to you, sir. Yeah. Uh, I want to see his You know, I'm going to look it up. Yeah, I look, it up, look it up while we're live. I want to you know? say his name is Javon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he uh, is the bellhop in the movie. Uh, he is, I believe, um, Don Cheadle is his uncle. Yeah. I think it's his uncle. Um, 
How many times are you rewatching movie these dates? I honestly don't watch many movies more than once now. Um, Jay Hill, there there's certain things that I've been watching for twenty or thirty years that I'll rewatch constantly. Certain TV shows I don't stop watching. Uh, but it really does depend on the movie sometimes. Uh, you know, and of course, setting aside time for that's hard. With the show here, we have to watch so much content. It's typically hard to be able to get other things in that I want. I want anime being one. I don't watch enough anime these days. So but. Javon Anderson. Javon Anderson on Twitter. He actually liked our tweet today. Thank you for following us. Thank you so much. I don't know we if you followed, but he liked our tweet. Whatever. He liked our tweet. Now and he is us. from Detroit, and he plays Lonnie the Bellhop in this movie. So make sure you check Thanks. it out. If you do watch it, if you're watching on YouTube, let us know your thoughts in the comments. Shout out. Let us know what you think of it. <laughs> oh, huh. Oh, let me see. He followed before, but he was an extra in the Tomorrow War and left after dude's critique. Oh, oh hey. Thanks, Javon. Appreciate you hanging out for a minute. All right, moving on to our third and final movie review of the evening. We have 10 minutes left to enter ten for a code for a one-month uh, Game Pass Ultimate, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscription, one month. So 10 minutes, get an exclamation point, enter. We want you to win. All right, last thing we want to talk about, uh, Fear Street, part one, 1994. It's available now on Flex, Net, Flex, Flex Fix. Netflix on the mind there, Tub? and this is uh, the first of a trilogy of movies of which will be dro- oh, dropping in subsequent weeks so this Friday part two 1978 will drop on Netflix and then next Friday part three 1666 will drop on Netflix so there's three movies they're all tied together and they'll be releasing every week uh, Carl says this movie was a letdown to be honest I found it super slow well we're gonna get into that we're gonna have to talk about this movie Tone I'm going to lean into you first, and I want to get your uh, thoughts on Fear Street 1994. Let me bring my notes back up. Get them up. We're going to start with the pros this time because the first pro in this movie for me, right out the gate, Mm -hmm. as a child of that time, an angsty teen at that, when I heard Nine Inch Nails, (laughs) Garbage, Bush, and a little older at the time, of course, but Iron Maiden hit out the gate, I was freaking out. That, That alone, that soundtrack alone, was already getting me hype. Uh, some of my favorite bands there. So that was pretty great. I, I thought that was amazing. I know it's 1994. So like literally that time period and that that entire thing, like I was the same age as these kids pretty mm-hmm. much. Like music was spot on. So yeah, that was really, really exciting for me. So instantly I'm like, well, I'm definitely uh, strapping in. I'm ready to go. So uh, there was a, um, I know they said the mall rats dying and I felt like that that was a mall rats nod to the mall rats movie just due to the fact this is 1994. Mallrats actually was in production during the same time, so mm-hmm. it came out in 95. So that probably wasn't, but I like to think it was because, you know, me and Kevin Smith stuff. So uh, I felt like everybody went in on this. Like, regardless if you love or hate the movie, I felt like even if the acting wasn't great, I feel like the main cast of kids, I felt like that they were in. Like, I thought they, they were really they, good. They, they put their chips in, and they were all in. They were really acting their, their little hearts out. And mm-hmm. you know what? Kudos to them. It, it honestly showed. I don't know if it saved the movie fully for everybody, but I thought it was uh, uh, pretty great. So um, I really enjoyed the uh, T-1000 thing that happened in the bathroom. You'll know when you see it. <laughs> Loved that. Uh, that got me really, really excited. So big fan of that. Um, lots of vibes from slasher killer flicks from the 80s, of course. I mean, that's all this really is, a, an homage to those. And you know what? Fine by me. Uh, it felt like 13 Ghosts. Uh, a few times for me. I thought that was kind of weird. So, um, it, which is probably a movie that some of you probably never even seen or heard in a long time or thought about, but um, just the difference in all these like 
killers and weird things, and they all had like a shtick. This made me think of 13 Ghosts. I was waiting for Matt Lillard to jump out and do something cool. So, uh, the bread slicer, hands down, best part of the movie overall. Woo, hands yeah, down. Did not, uh, did not hands see down. that coming. That was that was fucking incredible. I was, I was geeking out hard for that. As everybody's turning their head in my home, I'm going, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> uh, and then really for the pros, last one I got is some of the twists were pretty cool. There were some twists in it. Yep. Some of them were cool. I don't know if all of them stuck. Um, again, the characters were very, very charactery sometimes they were campy listen definitely some of the campiness in the movie is part of the allure to it i think as well too but again being that everybody was all in on it i thought mm-hmm. that that made the, at least that part enjoyable um as far as the cons um it's very cliche in these movies but for fuck's sake the teen drama sex shit was just fucking dumb it was just too much <laughs> like come on man like i get it it's like you know it's 1985 there wasn't like, full nudity go ahead that might be part of it but no no for real like it was because the drama got real like dude you're you guys are being chased by killers the fuck are we doing right now like really dude what on. would you do with the hot chick if you're 16 years old and there's some guy gonna kill you in a little bit and you're like man i want to put her fucking shirt on and grab a machete because we got to do some business man, all right okay that's all i'm saying play afterwards you okay know? gross old balls yeah absolutely yeah. <laughs> that part like i know tone didn't really right. care for the line i thought that shit was hilarious where after they all do their session right uh, around yeah, the hallway yeah. and he's like wait a minute are you telling me all y'all were do- went to pound town and, he, the, and he's like i did too and i was, I was like, like that's fucking hilarious i i didn't i couldn't believe that was real even but uh whatever <laughs> um I thought the the cops in it were really dumb and lame, and I know sometimes it's kind of their role be, in these. They have to be dumb. I know, but it was a little. I'm kind of curious though about the sheriff though, because he he had something going. On. I don't like the other sh- his deputy was dumb. The one who gets his gun picked <laughs> off, I was like, okay, that's really stupid. I, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, but like the sheriff, I want to know what his stake is in all this because he went to that one house, he dropped off that note. That I don't know whose house that was, but he dropped off the house. See Burnham. What's that? Maybe Burnham. Possibly. Dropped out that note and it said, you know, it's happening again. And I was like, oh, I wonder who the fuck he dropped that. So clearly the, the sheriff is definitely in for it. Stupid. But the, the cops or whatever. Uh, the end was kind of all over the place, I felt. Um, it kind of worked, but it teetered too much on uh, the killing just kind of amping up. And then it kept going. And then it kind of, like, it, it, like the ending kind of, first of all, kind of surprised me how, like, all of a sudden, like, they put the the foot to the gas on that ending out of nowhere right and things just start happening you're like i did not see that coming like that was kind of cool mm-hmm. but it also kind of like how tomorrow war just kind of like it i don't want to say dragged out but like some of it worked and they i feel like they had to be really careful because i felt like some of it could have really ruined everything else that i was enjoying about the movie and i'm still kind of like on the fence on some of it mm-hmm. uh but towards the end how the how it all kind of like ended up and we were kind of talking about it too i'm like well i wonder if this is the reason why this ended up this way if that's the reason then then that's cool then that kind of stretches it out and that makes sense but um i think it's i think they're 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 in some murky water there and i can see people being like yeah that was a little over the top um and then lastly and this isn't a con but it's a, a kind of a con this is just a fun one for me they were doing really good at the time period shit with the music However, Firestarter by Prodigy did not come out in 1994 in North America. I thought that was, that was a little weird. What, it was about 96, yes. Mm. I thought that was a little weird. So that was just my little nerd critique of uh, the, some of the music because oh. um, I do love the Prodigy, and that was not uh, around at that time frame. However, end of the day, the movie was enjoyable. Um, I definitely like this more than Tomorrow War. I don't know if that's going to be a thing. but It was way um, better than Tomorrow War. Uh, I appreciate everything that they did. I was unexpected by a lot of stuff. 
Um, there's definitely some boring and downtime in that cuddles. I, I definitely totally understand that too. Um, there was some of that in the movie. Uh, but I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of in, like, I kind of want to see the next couple now. Like, okay, you hooked me. I'm on, I'm ready to watch him. Yeah. I think, and that's part of like what the ending was about is trying to like keep you guessing and figure out what's going on because they are going to explain things, even though they're going back in time, it's probably going to make sense of what's going on in 1994. So I think that's an interesting approach to it because we're going back to 78. So that'll kind of pave the road of what's going on in 94 and probably put pieces together and make, Oh, okay. I see that. And then whenever it all starts in 1666, That'll probably explain things in 78 and 94 as well. Sure. The question I have, though, mm-hmm. is that are we going to get the resolution in 94 by going back in time, though? No, that's the thing. I mean, could, it, could it be at the circle? end of 1666? I, it's, I'm assuming there has to be, or maybe it just explains why it ended the way it did, and that's where they're headed to. And because you know what? That's risky, and I'm fine on that, too. I, I, you know what? It's unique storytelling. It's yeah. not straightforward, yeah. and I can appreciate that. Absolutely. But, um, there you go. Um, you know, a couple things about the movie. The opening... Uh, Opening the movie is a complete homage, and I don't. It's it's almost a ripoff of Scream. <laughs> it um, really is. Yeah. I mean, it really is. And 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 unfortunately, as as cool as it was, Maya Hawk is there, and she was obviously in Stranger Things, and she's the girl that gets pieced out at the beginning. Um, but at the same time, this the opening as good as as engaging as it was, it doesn't even come close to the opening of Scream. The opening of Scream is seriously one of the best openings to a horror movie I've ever seen. It was it was absolutely fucking nuts. I mean, it was it was absolutely incredible. So. Well, yeah. I appreciate them paying some respects to it. At the same time, if you're going to do that, you better come close. You better do something. And it just did. Um, so, you know, you had the opening there. The soundtrack is awesome. I love the 90s stuff. But, you know, I was getting vibes of Stranger Things from this, which is not hard to believe because Lee Janiak, the director, is married to one of the showrunners of Stranger Things. So you can see that there. There's some similar casting. Uh, but unlike Stranger Things, Stranger Things is able to – is able to really grasp the era. It's really able to hammer home that nostalgia, right. whether it's obvious or subtle, whether it's a song playing or there's a certain item that somebody's using or there's a toy sitting in the background. There's The nostalgia is consistent, mm-hmm. and it's at various degrees, whether it's, like I said, very subtle or very obvious. And, oh, shit, we have a winner. Freezy989 has won the giveaway. Awesome. When my invitation shows up in the mail, you can have that Xbox. Freezy989 uh, has won the giveaway for an Xbox yes, Game, Game Pass Ultimate subscription. Make sure exclamation mark claim there, buddy. I know he's usually busy at night. I don't know if he's still there because he's... Uh, he has one minute to exclamation point He isn't claim. in the room, so if he's not in the room, it will go to somebody else. Make sure... We'll see if he Keep pops watching. back in. Some, like I said, sometimes he he uh, he he step up. Oh, there he is. There he is. See, it, there exclamation he is. mark claim! Exclamation point claim! Freezy! Exclamation point claim! Quickly! Exclamation point claim! Uh, time's running out, there, buddy. There you go! Exclamation point claim! Freezy! Quickly! There it is! Congratulations, there we go, dude! Buddy. A one-month membership of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Yes. We will get that code to you as soon as the show ends. Appreciate Congratulations. You, Appreciate your support and always being here. And from my understanding, I'm not going to put a date down, Yeah, but I do know we're getting close. Hey, that's all I want to hear. We're getting very, very close to the opening of the 99 Cafe. Very close. That's all I'm going to say. want to eat. That's all I'm going to say. We're very close. But congratulations. I will get you that code as soon as uh, the show is over with. Thank you to the stream team, Entertainment Geekly, for giving yes. us these code to give out for Christmas in July. Appreciate that so much. 
going back to the review, um, were you did you finish your thought on that? No, but like so, like Stranger Things is able to grab that nostalgia. Yes, the soundtrack in this movie was dope. There wasn't a whole lot more to the movie in terms of that nostalgia. And it feels like it's consistent. And I feel like the missed opportunity, even though, yeah, you could say the 90s was kind of like meh and compared to like pop culture, like the 80s were and all that stuff. Uh, at the same time, I felt like that was kind of like a missed opportunity. It had really, really good music, but there was a little bit lacking there. And to that rebuttal I have, which I oh. told him already, mm-hmm. is that this is the grunge era. Do you think grunge era really gives a shit what he thinks about that part? Probably not. Probably you know what? Not. I don't give a fuck about the grunge era. Win-win. So, uh, also, you mentioned it. Gory as fuck. That was a huge plus yeah, for me. Great. And that's when I realized this ain't fucking Goosebumps. No. <laughs> Going into this, I was thinking this looks a lot like Goosebumps. And then Prime and some guys are talking, going, this ain't Goosebumps. And I was like, well, we'll see. And I watched it. I was like, yep, this ain't Goosebumps. This shit is fucking violent. And I loved it. There is some really, really good gore. Obviously, the bread slicer takes the cake. Um, but uh, shit, this was my Boys to Men era. Hey, look, man, play some Boys to Men in the fucking uh, in the fucking movie, then. Funko Pops, King Cuddles. Three of the Boys to Men have Funko Pops now. Three of the Boys to Men. Wow. Okay. Cool. Well, they don't talk about the fourth. Um, anymore. but overall, I thought I thought it was a really interesting story. I'm glad they went for that. See, see, tricky. Uh, tricky. Imagine this movie if it didn't have an R rating. Imagine Tomorrow War with an R rating. <laughs> Imagine this movie. There's no gore. Doesn't work. Doesn't that's, work. See, you don't get the bread slicer gross. scene without the R rating, and that's like one of the most memorable <laughs> scenes. You're like, man, that was fucking awesome. That was awesome. Yeah. Totally unexpected. I didn't expect a couple of characters to get out, pieced out the way they did, which was really horrific, that being one of them. Uh, but overall, I thought it was an interesting story. Like, I, I liked the way it wrapped up. I loved the opening there to kind of think about, I mean, how is so-and-so, is she alive? Is she dead? <laughs> Crazy ending. It's got me engaged. I'm ready to watch the next two. I will check them out, follow along, see if it pans out. But overall, I thought it was a, I thought it was a, a, an effective like slasher. It was kids making dumb decisions at certain points. There's a lot of gore. Some of the stalkers were a little bit generic, but one I love the guy with the axe. He was badass. Uh, but the chick was kind of creepy, and then the other um, the mask guy was just like the skeleton. Guy. I was like, eh. I mean, that was like the weakest of the bunch. But I know it was entertaining. I think it'd be pretty good. We'll see how the next uh, next movie plays out. We'll, we'll find out on Friday. It drops Excited. on Friday. Episode part, part two, 1978, drops on Friday on Netflix. Make sure you check it out. If you're watching it, let us know on YouTube. Shout off in the comments. Let us know what you thought of part one. We want to get your thoughts. How you doing? I'm all right for a moment. I do want to see King Cuddles. That's already in my uh, list on uh Netflix. I'm very excited about that. It's- Tone, speaking of boys, watch this pop on Netflix. First episode is all about them. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. The Axe guy was – he was – he was balls of the wall. He was running in the red the entire time, so it was really cool. It is an interesting series. Breaks down all different aspects yeah, of pop. Dropped on Netflix. Years. I'm like, I literally added it to my list last time I saw him. Go, oh, oh this shit. is pop, huh? That's what it's called. Yeah. Okay. All right. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll have to check that out. All right. Moving on, we've got some new trailers that we want to talk about. Dropping out. Yeah. Some interesting trailers. Uh, one of them I know you're really excited about. One of them I completely forgot to watch the second season. So. There's a couple of them in here I'm really happy yeah. about. But this first one, let's talk about Star Wars Visions. A lot of big people involved, too. So, Awesome. That's great. That's 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 just exciting. Just something new, something different, and uh, an art style that I love, uh, storytelling that I love. So, Yeah, this yes. looks really good. Um, yes, it's a project in which uh, a series of, of seven short films uh, coming from uh, seven anime studios 
uh, which will uh, produce the short films from Lucasfilm. This drops on September 22nd on Disney+. Plus. They'll drop all uh, all seven episodes right there uh, on that day, so you don't have to worry about it dropping out every week. But, um, yeah, we know that there are uh, studios. Kamikaze Duga is doing an episode called The Duel. Uh, Gino Studio is doing Lop and Ocho. Studio Colorido, which is Twin Engine, uh, Tatooine, Rhapsody. Interesting. Uh, Trigger is doing The Twins and The Elder. Uh, Kinema Citrus, The Village Bride. Uh, Simon Saru Akakuri. Is that how you would do that? Uh, And also T.O.B.1. And then Production IG, The Ninth Jedi. So... These will all be dropping on September 22nd. I'm really interested in this. Like you said, it's kind of cool to see like that Eastern vision of Star Wars. Mm, very exciting. Yeah, looks good. Anime is going to look great. The drawings, uh, the artwork looks fantastic. So it'll be really cool to see this when it drops on September 22nd. We have another trailer we want to take a look at. And uh, this one dropped just a couple days ago. Let's take a look at Transformers War for Cybertron. Kingdom. Freedom. Frozen. But first of all, if you have not watched the first two half pieces, whatever you want to call them, the first two parts of this series, shame on you because feel, it's really good. I feel good. like you're targeting me there. Absolutely. Now, clearly, not everybody's a fan of Transformers and don't care. I will say, though, no matter where you come from or your cartoon-like or anything, this is very well-written dialogue, even for like a pseudo-cartoon. A lot of good stuff going on with these. It's very adult-heavy. Um a little bit more undertones. It's great for kids as well, too, but mm-hmm. um, it's definitely targeted for old guys like me that have never stopped playing with Transformers their entire fucking life because they're perpetual children. So, uh, again, the first two pieces are amazing of this. So, so good. Um, this this piece is really exciting because as a fan of any of us in the 90s, going back to the 90s, Beast Wars was great. That was a, That's one of the only other iterations outside of G1 Transformers, for the most part, that was... So good. Um, really, really good. Um, besides the Netflix Prime series that was a mashup of Michael Bay's version and G1, and it's very it's actually very brilliant too. Mm-hmm. But this is taking that story and somehow kind of reimagining the Beast Wars itself. Um, and it, I could really talk a little bit about this, and I won't get too sidetracked on this, but the Beast Wars timeline was really unique because the Beast Wars took place before these guys landed, so it's kind of mm-hmm. still the same. Like the versions, like the different versions of themselves, were there earlier on, and they were Predacons and sure. um, I can't even think uh, Maximals. And what I'm hoping at the end there is something that Megatron does, which is fuses uh, two of his sparks and creates a bigger, more awesome version of himself. So we'll see if that happens. But um, it's really interesting because in this one, they're they're meeting themselves basically from another either timeline, dimension, whatever you want to say. Um, so. I don't know how it's going to go. I just know that Beast Wars is fucking amazing. I have them all on DVD. I still like to watch them from time to time. This this series is going to do it right no matter how they kind of like reimagine it. And for, honestly, not only does it look great, I was, I was telling dude, I listen to this show. I watch this show with my headphones on mm-hmm. because the sound, everything about it is so particular. Like it's it's just amazing audio. So. <laughs> We're getting pretty personal in the chat. Glad to uh, uh, see that. I'm glad we're in a circle of trust here. I'm glad we create a safe space right. for you guys to get personal yeah. and share your experiences, Thanks, your uh, your romantic Thanks, experiences with one another. That's that's really really good. <laughs> and that's totally what we envisioned uh, when we started banter. <laughs> right, 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 right. How you doing? Go ahead. 
Good. Oh, shit. Okay. Moving on to our final three topics, a couple shows we want to talk about. We want to talk about a quick recap of a series. I'm about eight episodes in. I know you just finished it today. Uh, I know you're really you're much more excited about this than I am. I'm I'm having a hard time following the show. Yeah. Um, but I do want to get a couple of your thoughts on it. We're going to talk a little bit about Godzilla Singular Point, the anime that is available now on Netflix. Um, thirteen episodes. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lengthy season. Uh, but I have not. I guess I'm only about seven episodes in. But I know you want to talk about it a lot because you just finished it up. So we decided to hop into this and uh, get your thoughts on Godzilla Singular yeah. Point. Uh so. Again, another something that I've loved for many, many years, uh, which is Godzilla. Um, I was really excited about this anime. Uh, one Toho's pretty much the driving force of it, who in the, would have been 2017, I want to say 2018, is when Shin uh, Godzilla's Shin Gojira came out. Um, they kind of finally, you know, Legendary was doing their thing. Legendary's got the rights they bought out from Toho. and um, It's really expensive to get some of that stuff, so there's a reason why, like, we don't see some of the other things that we want to see in that. But so Toho having a hand into this as well, too, was kind of exciting because I was like, well, where's this going to go? Mm-hmm. Holy shit, it went <laughs> way the fuck over there. Like, yeah. I'm going to be honest with you right now. This is this is split a pretty big chunk of the fan base. It's pretty much you either love it or you hate it. There's not a lot of in between. I fall. I, I think I'm kind of the rarity. I do fall more in the listen. I love it. But there's a lot of issues I have with it. And it's not only just from like not really continuity issues. It's a reimagining. It's they're playing with time. They're playing with dimensional. Which is fine. It's Toho doing it. Toho created this shit. So fucking whatever. Right. However, because it's an anime form, it really gives them free reign to like go really left with their storytelling and very like very cliche to say very sci-fi fantasy, like heavy fantasy. Um, and it, and it almost kind of ruins some of it. So, um, first thing I'm going to say right out the get is the intro to this fucking show slaps. Yeah, it does. Kind of want this as a ringtone. Like it's really fucking good. <laughs> and if you're an anime watcher, you know that 90% of the anime shows you watch have amazing intros. Oh yeah. This definitely has an amazing intro. It's probably one of the best I've heard in a few years. Um, even compared to some of the My Hero Academia ones, uh, look at animation, um, and the re the reimagining of Goji in this and the crew, um, is really rad, and some of the final forms for these characters, because um, they kind of, and I'll kind of talk about this a little bit too. They kind of mash the Shin Gojira uh, evolution. It's a weird mix of the two. Shin Gojira, um, Godzilla just didn't pop out of the water and hey, I'm Godzilla. There was an evolution two or three times from like this 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 being or monster or whatever you want to say, and he kept like evolving. And it kind of they kind of do that in this one, but it's a really unique take on like ancient history of like Japanese lore, which I thought was really kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like the reimagining of Rodans, like Rodan isn't a big Rodan. Yeah, Rodans yeah. are like multiple little, little like pterodactyls or, or yeah. pterosaurs. That's what one thing say. threw me off. I'm like, that's yeah. Rodan. I'm like. Yeah, and Mothra ends up being kind of the same too, which I thought was an interesting take. That's fine. It's it's an interesting take. It's different. It's you know maybe someday they'll form or become a bigger kaiju version of themselves. I don't know, but I thought that was pretty neat. Um, because it, it looked really good. Um, I was really surprised about Jet Jaguar being such a central piece to this. Um, and I was gonna do my research on this one because Jet Jaguar is kind of like a, a um anomaly with godzilla jet jaguar i don't think originally was toho i think it was a toy company in japan mm-hmm. and they somehow he ended up in like early like what 60s or 70s 
uh, Godzilla flicks. I don't know if you can do that, Cuddles on me. Can you can you do me a quick favor real quick and figure out, because I'm really curious on this one, if Jet Jaguar was owned by Toho uh, originally. Maybe he is now. I don't know. Um, but he was more like kind of like how Mobile Suit Gundam is its own thing. He was kind of like his own thing, I thought, and they kind of threw him in with Godzilla because they just kind of do like a crossover. Sure. Well, in this, he ends up being like a complete central piece of the entire story, which was really really neat and i know he's big across seas but not a lot of people are familiar with jet jaguar over here except for maybe a couple of things um i really like the characters that were involved with him it's just that again like the old guy for one was very fun like he was probably <laughs> one of the best characters yeah but jet jaguar was never really anything that was like a force to be reckoned with however you you he's part of the central story and then by the time of the end he's really part of the central story and just like the rest of the story it's like way over here and you're trying to like it's like that fucking meme with Charlie Day trying to figure everything out. That's what this is like trying to watch every episode of this big time. Um, the soundtrack, fucking awesome, of course. Uh, they they got all the 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 main like you know character sounds or songs or whatever in like in some revisioned or whatever. It's really really good. Really enjoyed the sound. Pretty awesome. Uh, the surprise end credits character that was pretty cool as well too. Uh, Cons overall, uh, the story is really tough to follow. It is incredible. I'm not tough sure to overall, even I watched the whole fucking thing. The direction um, was really a great choice for that. It really leaned, to, again, too heavy into that sci fi fantasy. Uh, anime storytelling is definitely more unique. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> I don't think this needed that. I'm not saying that it couldn't be more complex, but um, Godzilla's been always more accessible to a lot of different sure, people. Absolutely. I mean, there's definitely a certain way Godzilla stories should and, and have been told and are told. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a whole other discussion. But uh, this was because it's anime. It just it just really went out there. It was. And really, that's, I think that's why I'm having such a hard time. Maybe, like, because yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know all the lore, but I'm just familiar with Godzilla right. in the most basic right. terms. And there's a lot to digest or to dissect yeah. to get into in these first like seven or eight episodes. I'm just like, man, what is going on? But even if you're not, if you've never seen Shin Gojira, if you're not familiar with some of the things in the evolution thing, like, sure. which is a new take that Toho's kind of leaned into clearly. Um, a lot of that was really cool. Like Godzilla looked cool. He evolved. He did this thing, whatever. But man, the, the story was really weak around it. I felt like, cause it was, un- you didn't understand what was going on. It was like, you know, they're, they're messing with time and dimensional space and like, singular point like all this shit and like it comes full circle at the end and even then you're like that wasn't necessary it really wasn't necessary i didn't feel the puppy ai thing was a bit too much and i get it there's always like this there's <laughs> this there's this there's this cart over cartoony like caricature in anime from time to time uh th- this was it was too much honestly i felt like it was way too much uh some of the characters were irrelevant also another thing sometimes animes kind of fall into Introduce character, character is here for two minutes, doesn't matter, peaced out, or just you're in the just background. Disappears, the what, a, yeah. what a waste of fucking time. Wasn't enough military balanced uh, with the kaiju and the normal folk. One thing about Godzilla, kind of just brief on the storytelling, is always a breakdown. There is normal people, there's military, scientists, and, you know, that's pretty much the big three, like, that are always pulling, or sometimes right. they'll cross maybe somebody like in the 2014 Godzilla. Um, what what's his face was Aaron Thomas was military, but he was also playing normal guy for part of the movie. Right. You know, so they kind of missed out on that. I didn't think that was a very good balance of that because it's always there's always like a Godzilla is based on a, a, a like kind of like a message has always been kind of like something like that. And there, they, it just felt like that wasn't in here. Um, a few things that were too much, the little robots, the long roundabout ways to explain some of the things again, back to the story. <laughs> really wish things like, were a little bit more straightforward. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, overall, the cons outweigh a lot of the. Um, good uh, for many of the fans. I appreciate the attempt. 
I did enjoy it as a standalone, as an anime. Um, it's real tricky for the waters they had to navigate like this. I'm glad Toho was involved, and they're trying to, you know, take back some of the thunder from Legendary, but it was a real meh attempt in that. Like, maybe you guys should have stick to more of your formula to draw people in. The other Godzilla series, I know a lot of people were hit or miss on, too. That's an anime form that's exclusive on Netflix with three big parts. As a reimagining, see, a lot, a lot of people didn't like that. I thought that was pretty fucking cool. I like that, a reimagining. It wasn't heavy on the, like, real overboard storytelling like this. So Right, don't need a teleprompter. Oh, I need a teleprompter, <laughs> do I? Can't read that he far can't up. read shit anyway, so... That's it. That's all I know. I tried to make that as fast as I could. Yeah. Um, I'm if, still going to try to power through it, but yeah, there's a lot to, there's a lot. I mean, if you're telling me it's mad, then I, I mean, it sets back to expectations for the rest of it. Cause right now I'm just kind of like, this right. is mad. There, I think at this point you need to be kind of a super fan of Godzilla to, to really appreciate to really it. Appreciate it. Yep. Okay. That makes sense. All right. Let's move on to something that we both really do appreciate. Yes. Episode 10. Star Wars Bad Batch. Yep. We're coming to the end though. We're getting close. We have six episodes left of this season. And it's been a doozy. And this week's episode, kind of a, a step back from the previous episodes, in my opinion. Uh, this was definitely more of a side quest type of episode. One. Wasn't a, like a real big focus on the main story arc, even though there were some things that they alluded to. Um, but no, I mean, it was it was it was a solid episode. I know there was a lot of things that you liked about it, though. Yeah, I I liked uh, a lot. Again, it's it's following a lot of the Clone Wars feel. I felt like it was really interesting twist to have them helping a separatist member out now, which was they were questioning that. But there was some like uh, espionage-ish, like you know, rescue mission things. I thought was really cool because you don't really see them do those things too often. Like it was kind of a mission that just kind of uh, made the characters outside of like the norms. Usually, just going black. Yeah, this is, yeah I was gonna say this is more of like an extraction, like right. A, that a was really extraction. fucking cool. And of course, it goes wrong, et cetera. There's As a, it should. There's a goofy droid, of course. Um, that all worked out. Um, listen, overall, it was a good episode. Not everybody liked it. I know Seven D was a little bit. On the fence of it, some Star Wars folks were just kind of like, like you said, it's kind of like a side quest. I actually enjoyed it more than I think everybody else because of those reasons, because it leaned a little bit back into the Clone Wars and still showed that they're they're they still fall into, you know, this uh this narrow version of the world because that's all they knew, right? You know, so they're, they're, it's all Clone Wars and it's Clone Wars tech, of course, too. The Empire's still trying to take over, um, but you got to see like you still keep seeing that creeping shadow what the Empire's doing, right. trying to get people to believe that this guy's the bad guy, and he's like, no, I can't do it. And trying to like basically, you know, um, what's, the, what's the word? Insurrect everybody is that the right word or uh, incept? I don't know, whatever it is. Um, trying to get everybody to what's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, oh god, I don't know. Um, <laughs> to willingly be a member of the Empire. Uh, it, so yeah, it was it was a it was a all right episode. More again though, I think the focus is on Omega, even though she didn't play a big part in it. You still see still her. Got, to, we still got a little bit more, you know, mm-hmm. like. Uh, insinuating things about her origins or what she's truly capable of. Yep. You know, is she force sensitive? You know, we got again got to see her use her ability to kind of foresee the future, so to speak, or or kind of see a couple steps ahead of everyone else. Yeah. So, it, you know, and it shows with that strategy game that she's playing. I want to say I can't. I, the Jark. Am I saying that right? Seventies not out there tonight. Um, Blanco. Do you know when they play on the uh, Falcon? Basically, I want to say it's not. Get it wrong offhand. I had it earlier. When I first Dejar- got here, and, yeah, whatever. Hand or something. Um, it's a heavy strategy game, basically like a like a uh, chess, uh, or whatever. So, um, but yeah, great episode. But again, it it really didn't drive the story at all. No, not really. But I mean, sometimes you gotta have a well, pit stop. At the, at the end, she did pay off the debt. She hey, showed she was part of the team. So 
that was a pretty big piece. Make, he's making big moves. I love the the little shoulder that Wrecker gives Hunter at the end there when uh, mm-hmm. Sid tells her, you know, hey, look, maybe you should appreciate what she's doing. And as uh, Wrecker walks away, it kind of gives him a, yeah, a, a shoulder a and gives him a look. I, was, I right. thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Like, that's cool. So no, that was, uh, that was, I thought it was a solid episode. I thought it was entertaining. But, yeah, definitely a step Dejart. back from uh, Thank the you. previous ones. There we go. All right. On to the final topic of the evening. And today, episode five, the penultimate episode Man. of Loki hit. And it actually was able to, uh-oh, what I do? No, I just, I'm in front of Oh, yeah, yeah, you're blocking Tom the Hiddleston's. man. You're blocking the man. Um, but no, this was, um, yeah, it's super, it was better than last week's episode. Like last week's episode, I thought was my favorite episode. This one, Ricker, uh, Ricker, Ricker, sorry, sorry, I'll block Ricker. Um, but no, here we go, man. Let's talk about it. Loki was fucking awesome. Yeah. Fucking awesome episode. It was really fucking awesome. So basically what we found out after last week's episode, when Loki got, uh, pruned, he dropped onto this other variation of, I don't know if it was New York, because it looked like there was a lot of shit going on there. But what was the place called? The Void? Yeah, it was just a spot where they dump all the variants. All the prunes. Every, or anything. All, anything. Anything that's been pruned. Yeah, anything, anything on the timeline. timeline that gets pruned or reset, I think, mm-hmm. to that, uh, something like that. And Loki wakes up, and he's surrounded by classic Loki. Uh, was that like a Thor Loki? Who's, uh, or is that? I can't remember what that Loki is specifically called, but it's kind of, yeah, I think it's kind of like if he had Molnir. I'm yeah. guessing. You got baby, you got little kid Loki, and then I can't, you can't see it, but uh, we saw Alligator Loki. Oh, we just see the Alligator He's Loki. greeted by these three, and they're like, hey, look, dude, we don't want to stay out here because you're going to get fucked up, so we need to go hide. So they run back to their little hideout, and as they're trying to discuss what they're going to do, you know, how do we get out of here? You know, obviously, these three are all comfortable staying down here and just surviving. They just want to survive. And then Loki's like, no, dude, we got we to gotta do something because Loki wants to be a good guy now. He wants to be right. a hero. And as he leaves, there's even more Lokis. And it was it was a wild episode from there. I mean, Tone, I'm like your initial thoughts of what we saw early on though. Uh it, no, it was it was amazing. Like there was a lot of um I did say uh we did find out, of course, from our favorite YouTube channel for well, for me for my Easter egg screen crush, they pointed out that Throg was in the beginning in that Throg, jar. Yep, as when they Throg. go down into their uh into yeah. their um little yeah, hideout. Yeah, yeah. As it pans down through the earth, you see a jar. See a jar with uh, a frog jumping around in it, and uh, he's trying to grab that Molnir right there. I actually think he's wearing a Thor outfit. Like he's he got, might be. I, I think he's pretty... wearing like a mini Thor outfit. Um, but on the jar also says T number two, the issue that Throg first showed up into, which is pretty cool. So, um, so that was really kind of cool call. There's some really great Easter eggs in there. Yellow Jacket's helmets in there as well too, mm-hmm. um, and some other stuff as well. But. Uh, no, it was a fantastic episode. It was exactly like I was hoping there was going to be more Lokis involved, and I knew we might see the one that had the vote, which is from a specific uh, uh, comic run of him trying to run for president of the United right, States, right. which is really interesting. Um, but to see all that kind of come to fruition and all that stuff and more Tom Hiddleston's on screen was pretty entertaining um, as well, too. But, you know, honestly, like, the series has been really great. There's been, a, if anything, like, it's been growth for – just the character of Loki. And I know you'll probably mention a little bit of Tom Hiddleston here shortly, but um, the character of Loki has always been like such a, even when he was just early on, like a villain or whatever, like he was kind of one dimensional. Yep. Um, they and, fleshed him out so much right. in five episodes. And, 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 but even in the Thor movies, like he slowly did get more three dimensional. Yep. Um, but this is a lot different because not often do you see these, character like drawn out 
developments where they kind of flip from where they are. I mean, he started as a villain, and now he's completely like not even a villain. Is he even really a hero necessarily? I mean, I, I think does. he's he's edging towards that because I love the scene with him and Sylvie when they're sitting there talking, and she's like, "How do I know that when we get to where we go, you're not going to betray me?" And he goes, "Look, I've been doing this for a long time. Uh, I've betrayed my father. I betrayed my brother. I betrayed so many people. I betrayed all the people that I love. I want to do this now." I thought that was such a great scene because you finally got to see a side of Loki that you're just like, oh, fuck, man. Is he finally, you know, is he finally hitting that curve? Is he making that turn? Yeah. Is he going to become, um, is he going to become like the, 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 a hero? Like, is this where he's coming towards? And it was just, um, it was just, yeah. Is he going to hump himself, his female self? They had a great scene. They had a really good scene there, but I didn't get the scene that it was like about romanticism or anything like that. It was just them bonding and trying to figure out how are we going to get through this they realize they need one another in order to achieve that and uh, i thought that was just a, a fucking awesome scene in general but with them two talking it was it was a it was a well acted scene yeah um you know obviously we also saw that you know whatever gets pruned ends up here and we find out that morbius is here or mobius is here and that's awesome he meets up with sylvie and they uh they escaped uh what the hell is that thing called uh, uh, Death Eaters. Death Eaters. Yeah, yeah. They, nah, you know, no, they no, escaped that, said. but that's what it looked like. Um, no, it was, it was, it was a sweet episode. And then obviously, before they, uh, you know, engage with their plan, there's the scene where um, Mobius and uh, Loki share a moment, and it is fucking amazing. It was an amazing scene. Like everything that led up to that was really, really good. Yeah. No, it was a, uh, uh, it was a really good episode. Um, you get to see. Uh, classic Loki in all his powerful might to do some amazing dude. Like, classic Loki had a magical and, moment. And yeah, yeah, like he had a fucking amazing it, moment. When you and when you stop and think about it too, like that's an older version of this Loki, right? Yep. He 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 was a hero. He did. He was doing heroic things. Yep. Which is pretty, you know, and you can already see that, you know, the Tom Hiddleston current Loki is doing that as well too yeah it's alioth yeah i know i got him to say death eater it was pretty funny um <laughs> i was like i don't remember it being death eater <laughs> yeah i know i know i know um but that's the unique thing there's there's the big piece of it right there that you see in there um also once again tied to king oh is this uh, cuddle says the giant smoky monster known as alioth the the usurper is a marvel comics villain with ties to kang the conqueror who just happens to be an upcoming mcu baddie to set uh to appear as the villain in ant-man and uh the wasp Quan. Ooh. Quantum Mania. That's because you can see Necropolis in the quantum realm in, I believe, uh, the first Ant-Man or second Ant-Man. The creature uh, first debuted in 1993's Avengers, the Termina uh, Terminatrix Objective, starring Kang and his love interest, Terminatrix. In the comics, Terminatrix is the alias of Ravona Renslayer, who in the Loki show we know is a TVA judge. Dude, there's a lot of this is pointing to Kang. Yeah. A lot of this is pointing to Kang. And so, you know... Uh, Loki and Sylvie use their abilities to get past uh, Alioth, and they're headed to see who is behind the curtain. Who who is uh, who is that behind castle, the whole thing? Yeah, we saw past the castle, void or whatever it was. Past, or past the, the void. Time. That's where we're going to find out who's been pulling the strings. And it was just an amazing episode. So many great killer moments for a lot of characters. I'll be really curious to see what Mobius is going to do. We know B fifteen is still locked up in his cell. So I got to believe he goes back. He's got to find her and do what he said he's going to do, which is burn it all to the ground. So this next episode, next Wednesday, should be pretty hype. 
Um, a lot of great stuff in this week's episode. A great buildup, and uh, I can't wait, dude. It's, it, it sounds pretty hype. Yeah, I think. Um, I really still think it's gonna be Kang, but I wouldn't be surprised if Marvel if it's like some switcheroonie on it. Um, because they say he's attached to Quantum Mania. Mm-hmm. Um, but so maybe we won't see John. What's his? I can't think of his name. Jonathan Majors. Jonathan Majors. Maybe we don't. I mean, I, who knows? Um, but I still think that's definitely Kang, and I like how everything. All the timelines, you know, end here. They talk about well, they're you know, for something that doesn't branch, like everything's still somehow tied right. into the end. And it's like, well, he's either I wouldn't say feeding on him, but that gives him the ability to control them clearly as well too. Like he's controlling the TVA. Um, they did point out some of the things that were in the area of this void world was like the Sphinx, which he used as a ship at one point, right, and a pyramid and things like that, which is very king because he does go back in time and li- he's actually supposed to be King Tut basically. Right. At one point. So mm. um, a lot going on there. A lot of cool little things behind the scenes and uh, a lot of things point to Kang. So if it's not Kang, I'd be surprised. But I just don't know how else it could be somebody else. I mean, I guess there's there's potential for that. I'm not doing the writing clearly, but I just feel um, like, man, if they if they if they deviate from this, I just feel like that'd be a missed opportunity. I mean, we know Kang's going to be there. So, I mean, it would just make sense. It but maybe it's not. Maybe it's Ravona <laughs> sitting there. Like, who knows? <laughs> Ravona's you know, just saying, it's I, been me the whole time. Right, right. I mean, and then you run knows? that montage. It's right. been me and her the whole time. Right. So who who knows what their the plan is. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things where, like, just like Star Wars as well, too. We do it with Marvel all the time. You know, we speculate. We think. We want. We expect. You know, we get this expectation. Curveball. We, we did it with WandaVision, you know, when it came to, like, I kept saying, Mr. Fantastic. Mr. And it wasn't at all. Like, not at all. And it was like, then you get bummed about it. And you're like, wait a second. Like, I can't make an expectation in my head and be bummed about it when it doesn't come true. Like, right. That's not how these kind of things work. So, um, be prepared for let down next week is what I'm <laughs> be prepared to be let down. Right, 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 <laughs> Don't right. let me down. MCU. Make right. sure you let me down. Yeah, it could be a good lead up. Yeah, you're right. could be a great lead up to Ant-Man as well too. Could be as well. And, uh, that's going to do it for this week's show. I think that's all the topics. That's everything that we wanted to talk about. All the topics. However, However, so you're going to be out of town this weekend doing some debauchery with a bunch of your friends from high school. That's nice. And sleeping probably by nine o'clock because you're old. Uh, yes. Um, this Saturday, me and Half-Ass Beer Review will be in Detroit enjoying the Movies Pop-Up restaurant. And if you're familiar with Kevin Smith movies or his world, uh, Movies is their in-house like uh, fast food joint that started actually, I believe, in Dogma originally. Like ninety what seven ninety eight. Um, so we're going to that this weekend. We're really excited about that. We're gonna get some, uh, some good content hopefully for us to share at some point here with Phantom Rabble and Half Ass Beer Review as well too. Sure. Uh, still unsure if we're we're probably gonna still call it a Beer Quest Side Quest just for the sake that we might hit up a brewery too. We've been talking about too. So oh, you're we getting shit faced. We yeah. might get some beer as well too. So we're gonna decide. Depends on the time, since it's a long drive. But really excited about that. So watch out for some of the updates that day. If you're in the Discord, Twitter, things like that, Instagram, we'll probably have some stuff out too. Some little tidbits. We are making conscious plans to make sure we're filming with microphones at all times and just filming in general. Because that's half ass beer review. Can tell you. Make sure you're landscape. And landscape, portrait. right? Landscape, yeah. Always, yeah. We've been pretty good about that. But you, you have not. But yeah, I, what are you talking about? I'm just fucking with you. Piece of shit. I am a piece of shit. As far as for next week's topics, Black Widow drops uh, tomorrow. You'll be going to see that. I'll be see watching that in it theater Sunday tomorrow. Night. So we'll have uh, Black Widow. We'll also be watching um, Street Fear, or yeah, what is it? Fear Street. Fear Street. Street Fear. Fear Street seventy eight. Fear Street 
Part 2, 1978, mm-hmm. which will drop on Friday. And uh, possibly Velocipaster. Maybe. Maybe. If we're able to get that in. It's all on you because you're going to be It's going to be a short. I got, I got a very little turnaround before yeah. the next show. Uh, we'll try to watch Velocipaster on Amazon Prime. Um, but, yeah, we got those to talk about. We'll have Loki to talk about Episode 11 of Bad Batch and whatever the fuck else happens to drop between now and then. Tomorrow, stay to play uh, for PlayStation, so make sure you check that out. Uh, if there's anything good there in terms yeah. of the third-party stuff or indie stuff, we'll definitely talk about that next week. So we will have a lot. Dude, v- Blanco, it's called Velocipaster. There's, I, I would be stupid to go in with any kind of ex- expectations. I've got high series. expectations for that. Smoke, weed, and enjoy. Jay Hill will be all over that, I can assure you. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, lots of stuff to talk about next week, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on Twitch. Fanboy Tone, I am the dude 79. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, talking to us, keeping us entertained. Thank you so much, everybody that subscribed. Big shout out to eGeekly again for providing us with a code to give away. Uh, congratulations to Freezy989 for winning. We appreciate each and every one of you and your continuous support. Mm-hmm. You're the reason we do this show. We will see you next Wednesday. Be safe, everybody.